Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How do you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. <laughs> Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Folks, you can probably hear it. I'm, I'm not going to fool you, so I'm going to go ahead and just get it out of the way right now. Because I know you can hear it. Right now, it's entering, it's going through your earbuds, because nobody listens to me outside. Everybody hears me with earbuds. They always plug into their iPods or their Zunes. Who's, who's got a Zune? You got a Zune out there? Who's, who's listening to me on a goddamn Zune? We got to talk. If you got a Zune, contact me because I have an old iPod I will send you. I think I have an iPod 4 laying around here somewhere. I actually found, you know, when I was doing the rebirth and I found my house, uh, well, I found things in my house, I discovered an old school, like the first iPod ever. Like I'm, I, the, the white one with the click wheel and all that shit, I, I, did I throw it away? I don't know if I did. I may have left it in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I will tell you this. When I did rebirth in my apartment, you know, I'm moving stuff around, right? I'm trying. I'm like, I gotta throw stuff. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna do whatever that Japanese chick says. And if it doesn't spark joy, it's going in the fucking trash. It's going to Goodwill. Um, but then I found stuff that I just I can't part with, and one of them was the old iPod because I just you know it's got so many. It's got the ghosts of so many memories of songs in there, and I don't want to go ahead and toss that into the trash because you know what? Throwing that away is just like throwing away Kenny Loggins's "I'm Free." Why would I do that? I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, who am I? Who am I to think that I could step up and throw Kenny Loggins into the goddamn ocean? I can't do that. The man's free. Heaven helps the man who helps himself. Is that what it is? Heaven help. Heaven helps the man who. Uh, finds him free. I don't fucking know. Who knows? All I know is that, uh, what was I talking about? I don't even remember. Um, I was talking about the fact that I have an iPod still lurking around here, along with an iPod 4 and an iPod 5. They were phones at one time, and now they're just iPods. And now they sit in a drawer because now I just use my phone and I, and, and, uh, and listen to music at the gym through that because the old ones don't, they're not on Wi-Fi anymore. This is so stupid. They're just paperweights. Get fucking get rid of them, man. Throw them the fuck away. Why the fuck are they cluttering up any space in a goddamn drawer? Well, because I can't bring myself to throw away what used to be electronics, what used to matter, what used to be something. And because again, who knows? Here's the thing. What if the zombie apocalypse starts? All right, let me ask you this. What if somehow I'm in my house and I get word uh, via Twitter, of course, because that, that's where we'll all hear it. That is exactly where we're going to hear about the zombie apocalypse. There's not going to be any national alert. Your phone's not going to bing off like with Trump, Trump's fucking siren noise. No Amber Alert nonsense. Uh, you're just going to get it on Twitter. Someone's going to go, hey, this guy bit me. Hey, this guy bit me. And then it's just going to go viral, literally. Uh, and, and then I'm going to be stuck in my house thinking to myself, well, fuck, what am I going to do? I don't have guns. 
I'm not a guy with guns, so I got to be the radio guy. Like everybody else, like in my my apartment complex, there are guys with guns. Like I know for a fact, there's a couple of dudes here who have a lot of guns. And isn't that fucking, I don't, uh, look, I'm not a gun guy. All right. I, we know this. I thought about getting a gun. I've talked about that on here on the show. Uh, but that, that passed. You know what I mean? I was like, Jesus Christ, things are breaking bad. I better get a fucking goddamn gun. And then I went, what the fuck are you going to do with a gun? That's just pointless. It's just going to sit here in the house like like these iPods. It, literally, it's just going to sit in the same fucking drawer. I'll have an iPod gun drawer or a gun pod, iGun. I'll have an iGun. Let's get an iGun. That's, I'll download a bunch of, I'll download six bullets to it and fuck somebody up. Um, I don't understand the need for a lot of guns. If you have one gun, because you're thinking to yourself, well, I got to protect myself. But if you've got an arsenal, like I think my stepdad, my stepdad has two gun safes. Uh, that's, by my count, that's two gun safes too many. I, I don't know why you need any. Have one gun. Have one gun and, and stick it. I don't know. I think he, I, this is not a joke. I'm not kidding. I'm going to whisper this. Um, uh, well, I already told you, look, my mom sleeps with a shotgun by the side of her bed. That's not a joke. My mom, she and she fixed it. She has it fucking Jimmy rigged. I don't know if Dan did it or he brought somebody in to do it. Or the, I, I'm sure Dan did it because he's fucking Captain Handy. He's got a soldering iron, so I'm sure he took care of business. Uh, and I would know the first fucking thing. I, you hand me a saw, and I'm going to play it with a fucking mallet like a hillbilly band. I get, I'm not going to saw logs. I'm not going to saw boards. I'm not gonna, I, I don't give a fuck if he's got the teeth on it. I'm just going to go bow, 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 play some Hawaiian song. But you give Dan a saw and a soldering iron, the guy's all of a sudden built you a fucking dune buggy. You're like, holy shit, how the fuck did that happen? I didn't know we had any scrap metal. He's like, oh, no, I made it out of melted candles in a fucking bowl. Holy shit, because that's how Dan is. I mean, he worked, he was a foreman in a nuclear plant, for fuck's sakes. He was a welder. A dude had, he had welding equipment in the garage because my brother Scott wanted to be a, a welder. Like he was, well, Scott was drifting and he was looking for a career. And Dan's like, well, look, man, I can catch you in the fucking uh, pipe fitters union. If you can get welding, I can try to give you a good word, you know, and he can't get him in, but he can bring him in to be an apprentice. That's what it was. You'd be an apprentice. Then you work your way up and then you join the union. And then, and then, you know what you're doing? You're doing Chicago. That's, that's the Chicago way. That's the way it used to be. Anyway, I don't know if it is back there anymore, but it used to be for guys like uh, me. Uh, if I couldn't talk, if guy, you know, and I didn't graduate school, it was like, well, fuck, you join the union. Go ahead and get it. Be a, be an apprentice uh, pipe fitter or apprentice fucking drywall dude. And then you get into a fucking local and you're going to a meeting once a month and you're meeting those dudes. Then you're doing fuck. You're drinking rye and you're drinking whiskey and rye. And then, and then you're thinking about the day that you'll die. <laughs> um but that was the Midwest, man. That's where I grew up. It was like, hey, man, you know what? You don't, you don't go to fucking college. Uh, you're going to be a blue collar dude. You're going to join the union. You're going to join a local. And then you got those boys and you're giving them dues and you're fucking, and they'll find you jobs. If you, if one job ends, you call the union, you call your local and they find you another job. So Scott was trying to get into that because Scott was looking for a gig, right? He was looking, well, he's looking for anything. He was looking for direction at that point. And Dan was like, well, I'll teach you to weld. And I can remember they would go out to the garage, man. And, and, uh, they had the masks on and they had the fucking, uh, the tanks with, and then the, you know, that fucking thing with the spark the little flint, I guess it's called. And, and I couldn't even, like, I didn't even, they, I wasn't even manly enough to go outside and watch them. Like I did. Cause again, I would have looked like the biggest pussy in the world. I'm watching my, my youngest brother and my stepdad who worked for 45 years in nuclear plants and fucking pipe fitting in basements in fucking Chicago. And I'm out there. We, I talk for a living. <laughs> I make people laugh. You want to hear my new joke? They're holding blue, white, blue, hot flames, like white fucking hot. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. So what else is going on? Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, look at this couple that just came in from out of town. Shut the fuck up, man. Men are working. Men are fucking working. I would have no clue, like no idea how to fucking weld. But Scott tried it. Um, I don't think he ever got the hang of it. 
he he wound up going in a different direction and now he he now he does a fucking now he wires everything he's that guy you know what i mean it's like if you need wiring done in your house he worked for a company for a, he just got uh, i think he just got laid off from what i heard but uh but he was doing this thing where he was wiring security systems he was working on on i mean dude he just he was a guy who put himself through school you know i, I admire my brother scott you know scott was a kid i told you he was a fucking He's kind of a vagabond, kind of a ragamuffin. And then sure enough, he goes ahead, he grows up. He's, he's been with the same woman now for like 25 years. This girl, Catherine, is fucking beautiful. And, uh, and and then Scott is just off doing his business and he puts himself, gets a great job. And and I'm proud of him. I'm proud of that kid. Um, but, you know, but that was the thing. He was looking for something to do. And Dan had welding equipment. I don't know how you would ever have that. Who has electrician's equipment? Who has welding equipment? Who has anything that they could show you how to do any sort of manual labor on? I don't have, like, I, when Pat came over to paint my house, he's like, do you have this? I, I don't, I'm like, I, I have a bunch of tools. And it was because, you know, when I had these tools, because my ex-wife bought them. That's what my ex-wife, my ex-wife was like, gee, we had a power screwdriver. We had a couple of hammers. I've got, uh, and I still have these things. And my best part, my favorite thing is I have them. Uh, I'll never use them. I use them on occasion. Like just, just this week I went ahead and I put on, <laughs> here's what I use a screwdriver for. You're like, Hey Mike, what'd you do? Did you build a, an Ikea bookcase with five shelves? No, I didn't. I, uh, I put a license plate holder on my car. I put a Van Halen license plate holder on my car because it was a gift from Matt Henshaw. Who's a listener to this show. Matt and Jenny sent it to me for Christmas. And, uh, and so I've been waiting because it's been, uh, yeah, all right, here's here's where you make fun of me. I got it for Christmas. And now you're like, well, Mike, it's March. Yes, it is. However, I did not want to put it on the car because I, I, I pay like my registration for April. So I get the new tig, the new tags in March for April or whenever I pay the fucking bill or whatever. So I, uh, so I didn't want to put the license plate holder on because I would have to uh, slide it under and it, it wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> you're going to mock me. The sticker would be crooked. And then I would have to see it every day when I walked out to my car. Every time I drove around, I would have to think that that fucking tag in my brain, I would know that that tag was crooked in the back of the fucking license plate. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. I would just be sitting there obsessing about it going, what the fuck, man, if you would have only waited two weeks or two months, whatever the fuck. So I did. I waited. I and I had the Van Halen uh, license plate holder. I had it over because I have. All right. Here's how my house works. Now you walk into my apartment and on my immediate left, there's a shoe tree. But it's not a shoe tree. It's like kind of a, a little shelving system. And that's where all my shoes are. Because, again, I told you we go Japanese. Like I said, like that fucking chick shit. She said, it doesn't spark joy. Throw it the fuck out. I said, all right, fantastic. I didn't listen to her. But I got a fucking Japanese looking shoe tree. Um, because, well, it's not really Japanese looking. It's a Japanese idea where you don't wear shoes in the goddamn house. I don't know why. But why do I pin that on the Japanese? I don't know. Why Why do I give them credit for it? I'm sure Americans didn't want to fuck their rugs up at some point. Um, but maybe the Japanese invented it. You know, because I think of those fucking restaurants. Like, I had to go to a place when I was in Japan. We went and ate, uh, Okanomiyaki. Oh God, it was delicious. Me and Ahmad one day when we were we were out walking, we said, "Hey, let's go into this joint." And it was Okanomiyaki. And the thing is, you walk, and then you have to take your shoes off, and then you sit at these these weird things that are recessed into the floor. I put up video, I think, from me making Okanomiyaki because what is they bring you these patties and they put it on the the fire in front of you, and it's cooking. And then you just, you fucking wolf it. I had, I think I had octopus akanamayaki and we had all different flavors. And of course, Ahmad has to keep it halal because he's that guy, um, which sounds like an indictment. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, he's just, that's just who he is as a person. He's a guy who keeps it halal, man. Uh, and I was not so concerned about halal. So I'm like, bring me pork and beef, whatever the fuck you got. So we ate akanamayaki, but we had to take our shoes off and we had to sit in this recessed booth, uh, sans shoes. And you know me, I just, I am not a bad, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not a good shoe off guy. I'm a bad shoe off guy. I don't, I don't, I'm still not used to it in my house. I mean, I'm used to it, 
Part of me actually, you know what? This will sound fucking God here. Brace yourselves. Here comes every, every fucking second of my 51 years. Part of me likes taking off my shoes and walking into my house and being like, ah, yeah, my dogs are barking. I got to go ahead and get these shoes up. What the fuck? You've done nothing with your day. You've done nothing at all. How could you be tired? How could your, how could your shoes need to come off? And how do your feet need a breather? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Uh, but then when I walk in the house, you know, like I said, I walk in the rug and it's soft and I like it and I put my shoes up. Um, and then I done uh, the slippers I'm wearing for you now. I told you, why am I wearing slippers? I need it. You know, I need because uh, they're fuzzy, too. That's the worst part. My I have fuzzy slippers. If I had, which, by the way, my favorite golfer, uh, racist, certainly, but still my favorite golfer. Uh, no, he wasn't. My Hubert Green was my favorite golfer. And that's not even a lie. When I was a kid, I decided to have to, I needed to have a favorite in every sport. In every single uh, sport, I had to have a favorite person. So Hubert Green was my favorite golfer. Why? I bet you can guess. Last name, hi, green favorite color. But I was 11, so what the fuck did I know? I'm like, all right, Hubert Green, that's my guy. And I'd, I'd watch golf just till Hubert Green came on, and I'd be like, yes. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't give a fuck about golf. I didn't give a fuck about watching it. But if Hubert Green was on there, I was rooting for that guy. I rooted for, hold on, yawning, fuck. I it literally, golf talk spawned a yawn. I'm sure all of you, I, you, we were in concert there. I bet you yawned at the same fucking time. Uh, Hubert Green spawned a yawn and then Hubert Green was my favorite golfer and then Bjorn Borg was my favorite tennis player and then AJ Foyt was my favorite NASCAR driver or whatever the fuck Indianapolis 500 driver he was that guy Uh, and of course you know about Clark Gillies and Walter Payton and you know about uh, our good friend Michael Jordan uh, that was later, of course, Michael Jordan. I liked Daryl Dawkins when I was uh, before Michael Jordan showed up. I loved him because he broke a backboard. I loved the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you know, I loved, I liked the Bulls too, but I loved the Sixers because the Sixers were fun to watch. And, I, and when they got Moses Malone, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. And I loved them. Um, but I loved the Bulls too. And then when the Bulls got Jordan, forget it. You know, it was like that thing where I was like, all right, well, now I, maybe I should pay more attention to the Bulls who I love. Because when I did, I, like I said, I liked the Bulls. Uh, and the Sixers it was that thing when I was a kid, I wasn't fucking captain loyal. Uh, I wouldn't say it like that. You know, one of those guys like, fuck this. Yeah. White Sox. I wasn't that dude. Um, when I was a kid, I loved the bears and I loved the Raiders in basketball. I loved the Sixers and I loved the bulls in baseball. I loved the A's and I loved the Phillies in hockey. I loved the Islanders and I loved the Blackhawks. It was just this, I still was loyal to local teams. But I loved the other teams because they were fun to watch and they were fantastic and amazing. And I just, I, I could not get enough of them. So, uh, so there you go. I'm adding myself as like a sports whore. I guess I had multiple allegiances. And the funny thing is that's lasted. Like I still love the A's. I still have a soft spot, a spot for the, 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 certainly the Raiders. I think the NFL is more interesting when the Raiders show up. Uh, and when they're good, I think the NFL is a, the NFL is a, a lot more interesting to watch when the Raiders are good. Uh, the Sixers too. I enjoyed the Sixers. They were bad for a long time, and now they trusted the process, and they're getting it done. And uh, who else did I say? The A's. Yeah, the A's. I love the A's. Fucking underdog A's. I love the green and gold. I just bought. A, I got. I got a fucking A's hoodie, which looks amazing. Um, Kelly green and just beautiful. It's and it's got the old school fucking logo on it. it says the swinging A's. Oh my god, is that perfect? Because then when you think of the swinging A's, who do you think of? You immediately think of Raleigh fingers and his mustache. And you think of Daryl Knowles coming out of the fucking bullpen. You think of Catfish Hunter and Joe Rudy. You think of Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando. You think of Gene Tennis and Billy North. You think of all those guys. You think of Burt Camp and Harris. <laughs> you don't think of any of those guys. You think of Blue Moon Odom and Vita Blue. Uh, you probably think of none of those fellas. But I, however, hold a, a special place in my heart for them. You know what? The A's uniforms, go look at them. Because the green and gold is fantastic. The Kelly green from the early 70s was fucking great. Because they wear green now, but it's more of a dark green. But dudes, in the early 70s, when they were wearing the Kelly green uniforms, and then they had multiple different versions. They had, a, they had a gold jersey with a green A, and then they had the Kelly green jersey with a gold A. But dudes, they used to wear this white jersey with like a with a green A on it, and then they had a white jersey with a... 
like kind of gold gold trim on the green A or green trim on the gold. A. Oh my god, the white jersey was clean, so fucking clean. Were the A's in those outfits? Uh, and that A, you gotta have the A because they have that athletics across the front. And it's like, nah, nah, man, give me that old school swinging A's. That's that's badass. I say to you, my friends in the internet, my chums. Hi. So, uh, so I I know guys in my apartment building up a ton of fucking guns, man. And I don't understand. Like I said, oh, so Dan, yeah, I was talking about Dan because he's again, he's a real dude, man. He had welding equipment and shit like that. But also that dude's got guns. And my mom, again, my mom also loves guns. Um, and I'm not joking when I say this. And I think I've told you this before. I think Dan sleeps with a gun under his pillow. I, and I'm not, I'm being truthful about that. I think he sleeps. I think my mom said he sleeps with a gun under his pillow and whether that's true or not, uh, although I don't know why my mom would tell me something like that if it wasn't true. Why would she, what is she scaring me for? Why is she, she's trying to put the fear of God into me for what? Why would the fuck would you tell me that information if it wasn't true? Um, but I'm trying to parse the fact. I'm pretty sure she told me that that was a real thing, but it might not be a real thing. I get, I have look, don't ask me. I get no fucking idea. Um, but I know for a fact, my mom got a, a pump handle shotgun for Christmas a couple of years ago, uh, or was it for her birthday? I don't know. Whatever the fuck. I don't know. It might've been her anniversary. What, what anniversary is gunpowder? The, the traditional gift for, I have no idea. Uh, but she got a shotgun and, uh, she sleeps with it by her bed, but not just by her bed. Yeah. I know you're thinking to yourself, well, like Ma Barker, she's got it tipped up against the dresser. No, 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 no. That would be far too, uh, out of reach for my mom. Uh, my mom wants to make sure to get the jump on a thief because she has the shotgun it's tucked into they, like they built a thing. Like I said, they uh, Dan put it in there. I don't know if he did it or somebody did it, but they put a, a mechanism in my mom's bed. That's right. My mom's got a mechanism in her, in her bed. Brace yourselves. Uh, and normally you have to get yourself a mechanism. That's going to be some sex thing. And, and, and look, I don't want to know about that. If it is, I don't know if it mean if it doubles as a shotgun holder and whatever the fuck else it does. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. But I will tell you this, what, it, you know, what its real job is, is my mom has a mechanism on the side of her bed that holds her shotgun, cradles it, nestles it, holds it tight to its bosom. And if I, I again, I don't know if a SWAT team bursts in or again, the aforementioned zombie apocalypse happens or starts or begins, or, or even if some uh, wandering Alzheimer's patient in her old uh, person's fucking island, whatever the fuck they call it, it's like a. I guess it's a gated community for, for the ancient. I don't know what the fuck it is. You know what? It's a, it's a sarcophagus. They all have sarcophagi. It is a just a cluster of fucking sarcophagi in the middle of fucking hot Florida with alligators and golf balls and early bird specials. And, and like I said, it's, it's a fucking America's waiting room and everybody's waiting to fucking die. Um, and my mom's waiting to hasten that. If you're waiting to die and you get a death wish, just go ahead and break into my mom's bedroom. Go ahead. I, I hope some doddering Alzheimer's fool just goes ahead and scrambles into the wrong sarcophagi and he goes back into the bedroom and he opens the door and my mom, who has, uh, unbeknownst to this fucking crazy dude who doesn't even know his own goddamn name, my mom has a mechanism on her goddamn bed and this is the total truth. If anybody comes into her bedroom, she can literally just go and, and fucking hit the bed frame, the mechanism folds and the gun she can just reach it and grab it and just fucking start firing away just start blasting the shit out of anybody who wanders into the room hey ups got a package for you boom (laughs) fucking finished (laughs) hey could you move your lawn gnome (laughs) so everybody dies i mean my mom not fucking around baby my mom has a mechanism that she can punch and it, it just and i you know what part of me is like if you're gonna go that route 
then fucking go all the way. Why, why wouldn't you just have a spring in there? So like when you hit the mechanism, it's the spring shoots it into the air. You've got to catch it and you just immediately pump it and shoot it instead of having to grab it or, you know, even reach grasp for purchase, try to grab the fucking thing out of the mechanism. No, 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 no. You need to hit it. And then the mechanism, I'm trying not to pound my desk cause I don't know how loud that is for you guys. Um, just pound the bed. And the mechanism unfolds and then chung chung, it, it just springs it into the air and you, you John wick the shit out of it. You wheel to your left and you grab it one hand, on, you know, sawed off shotgun, hand on the pump, uh, one hand on there and my mom probably puffing on a blunt and then and just rack it. I bet my mom doesn't have to shoot anybody. If she hits the mechanism, that gun shoots into the fucking air. She grabs it and just, just fucking racks it. Holy shit. Alzheimer's Wilson is going home. He's not, he'll immediately remember his fucking name. He'll go, oh, this is not my apartment. And he'll turn on a heel and he'll go to forget things in another place. Jesus Christ, that guy's got no issues left at that point. My mom will cure Alzheimer's. You want, you know what? You want to cure Alzheimer's? You got somebody, someone you know, a grandpa who doesn't remember what the fuck his name is. Tell him to break into my mom's bedroom in the middle of the fucking night. My mom will just rack that shotgun. And that guy will go, hi, I'm Roger. And he'll head home immediately. He'll know who he is and he'll know where he should never fucking be again. <sighs> That's a lot of talking. I should breathe probably, right? I should probably get some breath. Uh, well, I didn't talk to you guys last week. You know, that's how it worked. I went ahead and I gave you, uh, it's, been a, it's been a time. We know it's been a time here, there, everywhere, uh, on a train, on a plane, on a, on a bus with my friend Gus. Is that, that's not even a green eggs and ham thing, is it? I don't know. Um, you know, we've lost people. We've lost uh, time. We've lost things. And we had things going on. I will tell you this. I went to, uh, I went to our friend Maki's memorial service last Saturday. And that was, uh, you know, it was everything you would expect a memorial service to be. It was beautiful. Uh, it was uncomfortable. And it was, uh, it was something that, though it was a celebration of someone's life, you wanted it to be over as quickly as it possibly could. Just because it's a reminder of the fact that you lost your friend. I understand we're there and we're all cherishing it and we're all like, oh, do you remember that time Maki went to, uh, you know, fucking uh, Burt Kreischer show? Or, oh, yeah, you remember that time when Maki went to Disneyland? Or, hey, remember when she was on a, uh, you know, because they have the, you know me, I, I don't, uh, I'm not a wake guy and I'm, I'm glad it wasn't a wake. It was a memorial service. You know, I, they had, uh, I think she had been interred or what. I don't, I don't know how they handled Maki's arrangements. Um, but this was a memorial service where it was at this funeral home. And, uh, and then, you know, and I will tell you this, it was at 10 o'clock. I get there about 10 after, uh, and, and, you know, cause it's, it was an hour drive and it was my own fault. I, I, cause I look, I'll be honest with you. I was on time. Um, here's how dumb I am. <laughs> I was on time. I was, I was, you know, at the funeral home, I was, I was f- f- 10 minutes away at nine 45. So I mean, I, I could have been there on time and I, uh, I pulled over. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, because you talk yourself out because I didn't know who was going to be there. I didn't know because, you know, it's a memorial service and it's for family and friends. And I get that. But there there were people who knew Maki certainly more than me and family and friends and, and, and people she'd known for years. And, and so I didn't. I, and I know it's ridiculous. In my brain, I'm like, well, I don't want to be like the first guy there. And then I get the seat in the front row and I pretend like I'm important, even though I wouldn't do that. I would sit in the very back row, um, as you know, so I could throw spitballs at the priest. Um, I just, I just, it was a weird, I was on time and and in my brain, I went pull over, just, you know, pull in this parking lot here for a minute. And, and I, and that minute turned into about 10, um, and then it turned into 15 and then it turned into 20. And then I said, you gotta go dude, just fucking, 
I'm, cause I'm sure there was part of it where it's like, I didn't, I don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that as we know, but as grownups, you have to do it. You, and I dread when I have to make arrangements for somebody or when that ever happens, I don't, uh, I don't know, you know, Max did it for his father and, and, uh, you know, Dennis too. And I, I don't, you know, just the, the poise and the grace and the strength you need to get through that is so difficult. Um, and hopefully if it turns out that I'm in a position where I have to handle things like that, and I'm sure I will, uh, I, I can respond with the, with the same efforts and same admirable, uh, aplomb, as Armando and Maki's family and, you know, like I said, David and, and Dennis when they, when they did that with their parents. Um, so I went, I, so I finally drove back and I got there. It was like 10 after. And I, you know, I, and I also figured to myself, I'm like, well, you know, I'll just kind of uh, hover around the margins. Cause I hear memorial service. I don't know what the fuck that is. I figure it's a mass. Um, and I'm like, well, I'll hover around the margins here a little bit and I won't, I won't be too, I'll be nondescript, but I'll tell you this. I fuck So I walk into this house. Yeah. I, I, I go to the funeral home. First of all, there's nowhere to park. That was my first clue. And I finally, I had to park up a hill and then walk down. I go in and, uh, you, there are no seats left and it is, there's gonna be 300 people at this thing. I mean, and it's, and it's a, it's, you know, it's a fucking funeral home. So they got, it's, it was in the chapel of the, whatever the fuck, I don't even know. Um, cause they had, you know, the chapel of the, of the lilies, the chapel of the orchids, the chapel of the hummingbirds, all these yeah, nature and death always entwined. So they, they had it. <laughs> I said, why am I pitching about that? It's so ridiculous. All right. But they had, they had it there and, uh, I pull, I walked in and, and it was, it was a double, double chapel. Like they, it looks like if if you're not popular, they can keep, they can cut the room in half. Um, but boy, was this fucking thing packed. I mean, there was, it was overflowing into the hallway. So I, I pulled up, you know, I, I should say I, I walked in and I saw people in the hallway and I'm like, Oh, maybe it didn't start yet. No, it had started. It's just that there were no seats left in the actual uh, chapel of the gazelle. And, uh, you know, I, I saw people and, you know, it was that thing you make eye contact. And I, as you've know, I've told you, I've never, I'm never funnier than I am at a wake. And it's because I don't want to go into the room with the body. I don't want to see it. I don't want to face this. I know this exists because when I was 13, I had to do it and I didn't want to do it. And so, um, in my brain, I've created this little safe space for myself where I don't ever have to do it again, man, even though I've had to do it multiple times in my life. And you go, and you nod grimly and you hug and you pat on the shoulder and you do the things you need to do with the people you need to do them with. And then you try to flee in terror. So you don't remind yourself that we are all on borrowed fucking time. Um, but you're there for your friends and you're there for your family and you do what you can for them. But then as you get into the car to drive away, there's that moment where you're just going, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be here. Why did that guy die? How did the, I don't understand any of this stuff, man. Um, nobody wants to deal with life's larger questions. Nobody, you know, it's funny. I, you get preoccupied with bullshit. You know, I just started cardio this week and I'm like, all right, man, I'm excited. I'm doing cardio. This is great. And then I'm like, oh, I'm 51 years old and I'm sore and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm, you know, you start to question just how much time you have left. You know, like I said, because Maki's my age, Brody's my age. And, and, uh, you know, you, you don't want, um, you don't want to preoccupy yourself thinking 
uh, about w- the end or, or when bad things could happen. You know, you just try to, you just try to live in the moment and be the best you can be and be as happy as you possibly can be. And that's what I want to do. You know, I, I, I try, but then when you go to a memorial service, it just, it just brings everything into sharp relief and it makes you go, Oh Jesus, that's right. We're all going to die. Uh, and possibly soon who the fuck knows. I mean, I could walk out of this place and get fucking, you know, some, they could be behind on quota. Some grave digger could smack me in the head with a goddamn shovel and throw me in a hole. There you go. You get another body on the fucking, on the count. <laughs> I'm not even going to get to go to the fucking chapel of the monkey or whatever the fuck. Um, no memorial service for me. God damn it. Uh, unless Maki's friends wanted to hang out and say, Hey, remember Mike? He was just here a second ago. We all liked him. <laughs> Wasn't he great? Anybody want to say a few words? No, let's get in the cars. They drive off. Um, so I went into the memorial service and, uh, and I hung out in the hallway. I signed the guest book, which again, I, it, it's, it's such an odd tradition. It's such an odd business to, to go and commemorate the, the death, you know, cause there are birth books as well. You know, when, when people get christening, they sign a book for that. So does anybody, do you think anybody's got their christening book and their death book or does, does someone have the possessions of somebody's christening and death book? Um, unless it's a tragic death of a baby. Why am I, why am I bringing that up? Holy shit. <laughs> I guess then you would have it, you know, and maybe you go double duty. You have people sign the front and they sign the back. Who knows? Why waste two books at that point? Uh, so I signed the book, you know, and, and I, I, there's a, there's a chair to sit in out in the hallway, but a bunch of other people are sitting there and they're talking. And then there's always that, this happens at every wedding and every church ceremony you've ever been to in your life. There's the, the, the mother or, or the grandmother, uh, of a newborn baby. And they had to take them out of the memorial service because they're crying and they, they have to walk them around the hallway to keep them quiet. And, uh, and it's that hush, that weird hush in the hallway. Cause we're all listening. They had the guy, you know, they had some dude come out and bust out the fucking sermon and he's just, um, you know, he's, he's given the, the, he, he was there for Maki's final service and, and, uh, it was, and it was a beautiful, everything he said was poignant. I mean, he put together his words very well and, and he comforted. That was, that was the very important thing was he comforted friends and family. You know, a lot of us, it was a shock. And then a lot of us, it, maybe it wasn't, they saw it coming or the family had to struggle through it for so long. Um, but what this guy did his job, you know what I mean? He didn't, uh, he didn't make it about himself. He didn't do a fucking cartwheel. He didn't say, Oh, Hosanna, Hosanna, and fucking, you know, tambourines in the goddamn air. None of that bullshit. He just, uh, he delivered somber words of reflection as well as a couple of, uh, fine anecdotes about his interactions with Maki. And he got a chuckle. He got a laugh with those, you know, and then they brought up a woman to sing and she sang a, uh, just an acapella song. And I, I don't even know what the fuck it was. Um, you know, it was rain and blood by Slayer, which I thought was an odd choice, but still they did it. Um, look, Maki left specific instructions. She said, please do dude looks like a lady. <laughs> That's very, I must have it done. Uh, so that woman went up there and she busted out fucking, uh, <laughs> welcome to the jungle. And we all cheered and hooted and raised lighters into the air for fuck's sake. Um, no, it was somber. And it was, again, it was the typical, uh, you know, my heart will go on. What, what are the fuck? And I, and I, I don't scoff. Maybe it was a favorite song of Maki's. Maybe it's the thing they do for everybody who dies. And it could have been a friend of Maki's. I will say this, whatever the song was, she sang it beautifully. Uh, because she did it again, acapella, which is very difficult from what I understand. I'm not a singer, uh, but seeing her do it and fucking hold everybody wrapped and really, um, provide a very touching moment in between actual spoken words. And it was great. Um, and then I'm in the hallway and I'm lurking and it's that thing where you're making eye contact with me. And I will tell you this dude, another thing, um, you know, I, I'm not a grown up, as you know, the title of the show, 40 year old boy. 
Um, but I'm becoming more of a man every single day and I'm learning things that you need to learn to become a grown up. I think, I think I'm doing better. Certainly the last five years. And, uh, and, but I will say this, I looked around, you know, I'm, I'm in jeans cause I, I don't, I don't have, here's what I don't have. And I guess as a, as a grown up, I'm going to have to get them. I'm going to have to get death clothes, aren't I? I'm going to have to get something that's appropriate to wear to a, to a terrible occasion. And I don't, you know, whether it's the, you know, I'm, I'm burying a cousin or I'm, I'm watching the Hindenburg try to land. I'm going to need to have something appropriate in case the news decides to come and photograph me. Nobody wants to see me in my hoodie and jeans at their funeral. I'm assuming. Um, but at that point, you know, they're fucking dead. So what the fuck do they care? They probably, unless they put it in the will, they're like, ah, Schmitty can't come with a fucking hoodie and jeans. I'm like, God damn it. And I would totally understand it. I would respect their wishes, but then I got to go out and buy death clothes. And who the fuck wants to go buy, especially fat guy death clothes. You know what I mean? It's guys. I mean, I'm hoping to lose weight. So if I go now to buy death clothes and what if I, you know, but I'll tell you this, fuck that. You know what? That's appropriate. If I go now to buy death clothes as being a fat guy, and then I lose a bunch of weight, say I lose 140 pounds. I'm not fucking taking that suit in. I'm, I'm just going to go David Byrne style to every fucking wake and funeral I can do from now on. Cause I'm not buying multiple death clothes. Who the fuck wants to buy a bunch of death clothes? Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, look, buying clothes, that can be fun when you lose weight. You're like, wee hee, you know, you go get Pygmalion and you get all fucking dressed up. But if you're just going to buy morose death clothes, man, you don't want to buy fucking three suits. Who's that guy? I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy three reservoir dog suits in case all my friends die and I got to fucking interchange them. What if I got to go three different wakes and three different weekends? Um, do you wear multiple suits? Do you, or, or do you do, do you do the same suit three times? I don't know. Do suits get dirty? I get no fucking clue. I had one suit and I would wear it for one day. You know what I mean? It was that the, I don't even, I never even got to wear it to like a function. I wore it. I wore my suit to the magic castle with, uh, with Jill when we, when we were invited by Lily and we took a tour of the castle. Um, and I, I think that was really, and then I wore it like to, to get my headshots taken. But even then I didn't wear the fucking pants. You know, I just wore the button shirt and the jacket and the pocket square and all that stuff. So I was, I was half appropriate for a wake at that point. I was ready for a way. That's all. If you had a way I could show up, but if you had a wake, fuck, I got to put my pants on. God damn it. Nobody wants to put pants on and go see a dead guy. That's exactly, that's exactly what nobody wants to do. It's literally, I'm betting this. If you asked everybody, if you said, Hey, what do you never want to do? And it would be put pants on to go see a dead guy. Unless I'm in stand by me. That's the only time I want to put pants on to go see a dead body. But if you tell me I got to put pants on to see a dead guy, fuck that. I'll pass. I'm staying home for fuck's sake. So you know, you know, you know what? I'll tell my friend to sign the book for me. So they'll think that I was there. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm lurking in the hallway, you know, and, uh, and I'm making eye, t- eye contact with people I don't know. And that's the thing is everybody has a black suit. Um, and not everybody, but I mean, there, there was a majority of people who had black suits and looked good in them. And, and again, like I said, is that a suit that they wear all the time? Or is that the death suit? Is that you something you just, you have zipped up in the closet for when somebody gets their head cut off in a fucking car accident and you're like, ah, fuck. And you, zoop, you can unzip it and you go, ah, do I have to take in these pants or do I just wear it as is because my dead friend's not going to care? Or is he, or is he, is his ghost going to show up? Oh dude, what if you underdressed for somebody's wake and then they haunted you for the rest of your life with that? And look, that's a petty motherfucker, by the way, if you're, I don't, that's a petty ghost. Go haunt somebody else. Go haunt somebody who deserves this shit. Don't haunt me just because I didn't wear the right belt. I, I can't fucking handle that. That's a petty ghost. Fuck you. Petty ghost. Um, by the way, Petty Ghost Junction. Oh, what fantastic show when I was a kid. Petty Ghost Junction. All right. Um, but yeah, don't haunt me just because I wore the wrong fucking shoes. Hey, you can't wear brown shoes with a black suit. <laughs> you show up every fucking day for the rest of my life. Dude, go to heaven already. Leave me alone. There's supposed to be angels and virgins and everybody else up there you can fuck. Why are you down here bugging me because I wore the wrong fucking pants? Jesus fucking Christ. 
You died. I was there. I show, you know, I paid respects. I went, I did some solemn nods. I signed a fucking book and I just, maybe I didn't wear the right clothes. So what you think I underdressed for your fucking wake? Well, I'll tell you what, look how, look how fucking overdressed you are for earth. Now, man, you're wearing a goddamn sheet. Go back to fucking heaven and talk to God and lean on him. Go talk to Freud. He's up there. I'm sure he can solve out what your fucking problem is. Cause this is absolutely all about you and not about me at all. You're dead, man. Don't try to control my life from the afterlife. If I don't want to wear the right pants to your fucking wake, I won't. That doesn't mean I don't respect you. I respect you, motherfucker. I absolutely do. But you know what? Fuck that. I don't like pants or certain pants or a suit. I don't want to buy a death suit. If I buy a death suit, it brings me that much closer to death. I don't want to fucking do that. Isn't that the irony of it? That, you know, the closer you get to death, the more death clothes you got to buy. I guess I'll have to buy a suit to get buried in unless I want to get buried in a hoodie and jeans. You know, fuck that. Yeah, that's my out. If you tell me, fuck, man, you should really wear a suit to somebody's wake. Well, fuck that. When I die, I'm going to be married in a hoodie and jeans. That's what I want everybody to fucking wear. Just go fucking nuts. Make it a costume party. Everybody shows up as fucking Aquaman. Stab me with a fucking trident and roll me down the fucking hill. That's all you got to do. Put me in a goddamn car. You know what? I want to, I want to be buried at the bottom of a hill. And here's how I want it to work. I want you to put me in a, you know, have an open casket for the wake because everybody's got to come along and give me a smooch and then fucking close the lid on the goddamn thing. Seal it up. Take me to the top of the hill and just fucking toboggan the shit out of me. Just ride me to my grave. Do that. What could you do that for me? I'm deba- the UN of evil needs to know that I need to put it in my will or something like that. The remaining members of the UN of evil that are alive, they have to fucking close my casket, put it at the top of the hill and I can, you can have fucking wheels on it. You can make, I don't give a fuck if you put snow, that fake snow, whatever the fuck, and just fucking ride me to my grave and whoever can get me into my grave. That's the thing is you got to steer the fucking thing like a toboggan. You got to fucking get fucking rain on it and steer it around and try to put it into the hole almost like golf dude corpse golf how fucking great is that coffin golf I, that's a that's a rough thing to say certainly coffin golf but i think i've invented a you dude fucking combined theme park funeral home fucking cemetery cemetery theme park jesus christ dudes somebody write this shit down because i'm never going to remember it just and have like a water slide and put the coffin at the top and at the end it just shoots into a grave oh dude i love it um and have a makeshift water slide and you build it right above the grave with a bunch of fucking curly cues or dude Rube Goldberg me have like a fucking you know like the, you know the game mousetrap just have that with my coffin at the end and it drops into a grave <laughs> steel ball bearings a trap falls a mouse leaps in the air my fucking thing goes down some Rube, Rube, Goldberg, Rube Goldbergian machine where I gotta wind up doing a fucking tumble dude I want my funeral to be fun that's how it's gonna work I'm gonna make sure that it's all planned out so everybody has a fucking bash you know what Fill my coffin with ice and beers. I'm dead anyway. I'm freezing. I'm fucking freezing, man. Uh, well, yeah, but I don't want to lay in there because you know what? Because here's the thing. The ice melts and then I get all wet and I got to be down mold. I don't want to mold as a dead guy. Don't put me in the fucking ground and have me mold because if you're all wet, and then you close the coffin, you seal it. Ugh, gross. I'll, I'll, I'll mold before the bugs eat me and then the bugs probably won't even eat me because uh, I'll be all moldy, which is maybe, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe I prefer mold instead of the, uh, the bugs eating me. I don't want to be eaten by bugs. Who wants to be eaten by bugs? Ugh, alive or dead. Why is alive even a possibility that never fucking would happen? Although, you know what? When you watch those fucking monster, uh, I'm saying horror and monster, monster movies, when a, uh, you ever see the movie with like Kingdom of the Ants with William Shatner? And, uh, and if you, cause if you, if you really think about it, if you really sit down and think about it, and I know you're probably not going to, but I'm going to make you do it right now. Uh, if the ants ever woke up and thought and realized that they were the shit, they would fuck this planet up. If the ants and the spiders just decided to have a fucking conversation, you know, we could fuck this whole world up if we really wanted to. There's billions of us like 
they would have to have all of the fucking, because you got to get some smart queens. That's the thing. We have to hope that these, because I mean, everybody's like, well, the bees are all dying, which is a drag because aren't bees like the natural enemy of spiders? I think so, because that just means more fucking spiders. And I know that there are spiders that are healthy that might have killing scorpions or whatever the fuck. It, dude, it's a goddamn jungle out there. Literally, you got spiders killing scorpions. You got bees killing spiders. You got ants plotting against us. And I know they are. I know they're discussing it. All it's going to take is like five good queens. That's it. You need five good queens. Five good queens could take over this goddamn planet right now. If they could just go ahead and mobilize all the ants, like you need a Cyrus. Holy shit. That's exactly what they need. The ants need a Cyrus from the warriors. He gets all of the other ants together at fucking Gramercy park. And he fucking has a fucking speech. Can you dig it? Can you count suckers? The, I say the future is ours. Oh, if the ants get a Cyrus, we are fucked. Oh man. Would that be bad? I do not want that to fucking happen. I want to be long dead before the ants take over this planet. And the end, will the roaches, will the roaches stand idly by? Cause we all know that the roaches are going to live forever, right? Can they, they outlive nuclear bomb. They defeat poison and shit already. And aren't rats against poison now? Don't rats fucking just laugh at poison. Don't they bite like electrical wires and get power and shit like that? I don't know. I fucking see these stories. Maybe I should read all of them instead of just gathering the snippets <laughs> instead of thinking, instead of scaring myself into thinking, holy fuck, I can't believe these ants are super strong and poison doesn't kill them. And rats are super powered and they bite electrical wires to get fucking electric in their teeth. And then they can chomp you and send you to a fucking electrical grave but I won't mind. I'm, I'm less scared of death knowing now that I've got this fucking funeral on tap where you're going to ride my fucking coffin into a grave down a hill through a water slide. I think that's fucking fun. Now I can't wait for my death. Um, all right. Actually, you know what? I can't wait for somebody else's death. Uh, we got to implement that idea beforehand, you know, because I don't want to just be, because I don't, I don't get any enjoyment out of it. If I, if I build a theme park cemetery just for my own funeral, eh, then I, I don't get to enjoy it unless I'm watching down from fucking heaven. Just me and fucking Kurt Cobain, Ben Franklin, just staring down at me getting buried, <laughs> wondering what the fuck's going on. Because uh, I don't think there's any doubt that both of those guys will meet me at the gates, right? I, you gotta you figure you gotta figure who the posse's gonna be. Kurt Cobain, kind of a sourpuss, but uh, but I bet he's changed his ways up there. Because he went up there, and he went up, he hung out with fucking Hendrix and and fucking uh, now, now Prince. You think Prince hangs out with Cobain? I think so. They're all friends. Uh, and there I was like, well, I don't know. Why would you run with musicians? Why would they run with you? I, Cause I think to myself, like maybe musicians stick with musicians, but what if like Jimi Hendrix was up there and he became great friends with, mm, I don't know, Taft, William Howard Taft, former president. He and Jimi Hendrix are like best pals, fat Taft and fucking strumming Hendrix. Taft's got a fucking Hawaiian shirt on and Hendrix is just drinking, never touches a guitar again. And cause you think in heaven, like you'd be like, oh my God, Jimmy would play forever. No, maybe Jimmy didn't like guitar. Maybe he was just good at it. And that's what he did down here. And then he got to heaven. And he's like, oh, fuck. You know what my idea of heaven is? Never having to pick up a fucking left-handed six string again. Never again, baby. I, don't, I got no interest in hay joeing for anybody up here in the fucking clouds. I'm stepping off and me and Taft are going to go talk about the smooth holly tariffs. And we're going to have some kind of fucking drink. We're going to have a snifter of cognac. And we're going to talk about fucking uh, Archduke Ferdinand and all that bullshit. What if he was a World War One buff? He was a World War Two buff as well. What if he's a World War III buff? Well, then he's, he's excited because right now the way things are dovetailing, who the fuck knows what's going to happen, man? So uh, I apologize. I, uh, I should tell you, this, I'm sick. Uh, and I don't mean to be sick. I wish I wasn't fucking sick. I was fine. Cause again, I've been avoiding humans. I, like I don't talk to anybody. I don't go, except that I go to the gym. You know what I mean? So, and I've been, I started cardio, like I said, but I go to the gym and, and, uh, you know, the gym is festering with germs and that's fine, but you do your best to try not to get sick there. You do your best to fucking come home and immediately jump into the shower and steam clean yourself. But, uh, you know who I did see this week as I yawn again, uh, my brother, 
my fucking brother, Lenny, I saw him and uh, I picked him up from the airport and then I had to take him to the airport a day later. Like he, he comes to town for like a day, you know, he's off on the boats. He's making people laugh on the, on the high seas. He's that guy, the high C's and the C stands for comedy. And that's Lenny, man. He's fucking making it happen. So he's killing it out there on the carnival cruise lines and the Norwegians, whatever the fuck. And, um, he comes to town and he's like, dude, can you pick me up at the airport? I'm like, sure. And, and he's only in town for like 15 hours or 31 hours or something. And then I got to take him back to the airport. Well, this motherfucker, you know, he's on planes for, for a whole day, two different planes, three different planes. He's sitting in the airport and that's just. That's just a, you're getting bombed on by germs like all fucking day, man. If you ever, if you get in a plane, you t- there's a touch screen or any of that shit. Don't, don't fucking touch anything. I just, I want to wear a hazmat suit under a fucking plane now, man. You ever see a little baby sneeze and not cover its face? You're just like that. He's just got baby croup and baby mumps and baby rubella and whatever the fuck else he's going to give me. And all those droplets in the air just being recycled through this death tube as we soar through the sky at 35,000 feet. All of us having our immune systems compromised by Joey <laughs> little fuck. Um, so that's what Lenny does, but he flies all the goddamn time. So I pick him up the other night and he's just like, Hey brother, you know, and I knew it. I heard it in his voice, but I didn't say anything to him. So it was fine. But he's like, yeah, I'm fucking exhausted. You know, I've been on 15 hours in here and waiting in a standby. And, uh, that's his life. You know what I mean? If he's not on the boat, making people laugh, he's at an airport trying to fucking get home as soon as possible or try to get to Chicago to see the girls. So, uh, he winds up coming here and I pick him up and I'm like, all right, he's like, Hey, you want to pick me up? And, uh, not tomorrow, but the day after I said, sure. So, uh, so I picked him up in the morning and he gets in. First of all, he's 15 minutes late. And I'll tell you this. Let me tell you this about my brother. First of all, he passed his gene on to his daughter too. They are late, like constantly late. And I have realized again, I used to be late a lot. I'd be late for lunch with Jimmy or Pat or somebody, or I'd always be late. I'm late to the gym. And I just, I'm, I'm fighting this fucking battle in my head and I'm going, why are you important? Why is their time not important? But your time is important. Be on fucking time, man. So for lunch and, and things like that, I'm, I've been much better. The gym, I'm getting better. You know what I mean? I'm getting, I'm getting there right around the time we're supposed to lift or five after he wants me there 15 minutes early. But then when I get there 15 minutes early, here's the thing about the gym. I get there 15 minutes fucking early and he's training somebody else. So he wants me to get on the fucking treadmill for 15 minutes. It's like, ah, fuck, dude, I don't want to do that shit. If I do cardio, it's on my off days from lifting. You told me not to do lift cardio and lifting at the same day. And, uh, but that's not true. I mean, he did tell me that, but at the same fucking time, if I want to lose 120 pounds, like I'm shooting for, I should probably mix it up and do cardio and lifting on the same fucking day. And what's, what's, what's 15 minutes on the fucking treadmill going to do? Is it going to kill me? No, but I do that fucking thing where I stall and I stammer and I, I just go, eh, well, you know, I'll get there. And because uh, I know he's going to train that person to like five or 10 minutes after their appointment, because that's what he does with me. We go we go an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half sometimes. Um, so getting there early to me is a bust. And and it's not really. It shouldn't be. I could go in and get a workout in or I could even sit in my fucking car there for 10 minutes and surf my phone, whatever the fuck I'm doing at my house. Uh, and I, I just don't like being late. I, I just so I'm, I scold myself in my brain. I'm like, quit being fucking late. You know, when the show's late, you know, I'm out of my skull. I'm like, God damn it. I apologize to you guys profusely whenever that fucking happens. I hate it. I don't like making it happen. Uh, but sure enough. Lenny, Lenny, my brother is late constantly. He's just not from the airport because I'll tell you, you know, when he lands, he lands, he wants to get a ride, but going to the airport in the morning, he'll be like, Hey, be at my place at eight. I'm like, all right, I'll be here at eight. I pull up. It's eight Oh one. And I text him here and he goes, okay. You just literally the letter K and I don't just, you're not Prince again. As I've said, only Mexican get away with doing that. Mexican Prince, the only guys who can use the letter U for the word you, even though I know our whole society has changed and everybody's rights like they text now and holy fuck. Yes. It's all in flames. But Lenny texts me K and I'm like, oh, you're not nine and you're not a girl. Um, but I wait 
And then sure enough, like 8.18, he wanders out of his house. And I'm like, really? You're 17 minutes fucking late, dude? And and look, it's his flight. And he's tired. And he had a show the night before. And I, and I get that. Um, and also, look, I'm not really mad. Because again, I'm just sitting in my car surfing my phone. I don't give a fuck. But it's just, I, you notice things. Again, as you get old, you get cranky. And you go, eh, you know, this guy's always fucking late. What the fuck, man? And even funnier is his daughter is always late. I pick her up at the airport and I drive her to, you know, I pick her up at his apartment and I drive her back to the airport. And I always, she'll, I'll say, look, we have to leave at 8 a.m. I'm, I'm going to be at your place at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 11 a.m., whatever the fuck. She's like, okay. And then I pull up and I go, I'm here. And she's like, okay, just a minute, Uncle Mike. And, um, you know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes later, she comes out and it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not a bad thing, but it's that thing where in your brain, there's a grandfather who just goes, Oh, well, I guess my time's not as important as your time. I, even though I'm late a fuck, a fuck ton of times, um, but he gets in my car, you know, he's late and he gets in the car and he's like, uh, uh, and I could hear it in his fucking voice. Cause you know me guys, you've, you've heard my dulcet tones. My voice can sound like honey pouring into your ears, for God's sakes. It says it's just a beautiful thing, right? Uh, today it's a little rough. Why? Because my fu- and that's why I'm sniffling too. Because my fucking brother, I drive him to the airport, and uh, and it, again, not his fault. He's not sleeping. He's running around. He's on planes all the fucking time. But uh, he's he's my patient zero. He gets in the fucking car, and uh, and he was trying to talk, and I yeah, I finally I gave him a water when he got in the car, and he's drinking the water and he's talking, and his voice is just. It's just like sandpaper on on a fucking cat's tongue. I mean, it's just literally just just grinding me. And finally, I go, dude, you got to drink some water. Your voice is is hurting me. Like your throat hurts me at this point. He's like, oh yeah, I was up late. You know, I didn't know what to do, and I, I get up early. Uh, and I and you know, it's like, all right, Sam Elliott, just fucking drink something. And he did. Um, and it didn't really clear his voice up. And that's when I knew. That's when I really knew he was sick. Uh, and sure enough, he gets out of the car. And then, uh, I, I, you know, I split, I go home, I do some running around, I do whatever the fuck I got to do. And, and, uh, and I felt it in my throat, like within three hours and I'm like, motherfucker, you know, I'm like, God, I, and then when I stream on Twitch, uh, I'm yelling when I'm fighting with boom and, and sit down and all this nonsense. And I, and I, and my throat hurts and I'm like, you got to stop, dude. You, you got to record a fucking show. You can't, you can't be yelling and fucking your voice up in time for the show. So, I mean, I didn't fuck it up. I mean, I still sound sort of like me, but at the same fucking time, I've sounded a lot better than this for fuck's sake. Uh, so I apologize to all of you, but I don't want and I don't want to be fucking sick because I'm supposed to go to Arizona next week. Wednesday, I'm on a plane. So I'm going to do my best not to get sick in the fucking air. But I mean, I also don't want to be bringing sickness into the goddamn air. So I've got, what is it? I, I've got six days now to get better. And I don't know, I just, I, I took a Sudafed today and I'm going to pound some fucking, I mean, again, that poor man's meds. I told you about hot shower, sleep, Sudafed, Theraflu. I'll do that fucking shit to try to bang it out of me before I fucking get on a goddamn plane. And also I don't want to be miserable going to ball games next week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a room with fucking, I'm not a room, I'm in a, a fucking giant house with eight other dudes. So the last thing I want to do is have to fucking cordon myself off and be fucking quarantined so I don't get anybody sick on their way home for fuck's sake. Um, I don't want to be sick is my point. Uh, but I am, and I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't affect you or you're not hearing me in a bad way, but who knows what the fuck? Um, so, you know, I, I go to Maki's uh, memorial service and I'm, I'm there and, and I signed the book and I'm in the hallway and, and we're waiting for it to end. And it only took, I will say it only took like 45 minutes. So I saw about a half hour of it, you know, and it was on in the hallway. They had it on TVs as well. So, you know, I was able to watch it on the TV screen in addition to peeking into the room and wandering around a little bit. So that was fine, but then uh, it ended, and then and then 
I mean, this never ending stream of people just came out of the room and you know, the family said those, there was a reception afterwards and they said the reception would be at her mom and dad's house. But if anybody could not go to the reception, please come to the front now and, and, you know, visit with the family, that kind of thing. So people, some people did that. Some people split and then they ran the, uh, the highlight film uh, of her on the TV, you know, with pictures of her when she was younger and pictures of her when she was a little kid and pictures of her when she was in high school and pictures of her from just seven years ago before she got sick. And, and, uh, you know, just, she was so beautiful, man. I mean, she was beautiful anyway, but, uh, but you know, full head of hair and you could see even her skin was a little darker. You know, she had a little color, uh, you know, cause when I, when I started to really hang out with her hardcore, she had been sick for a while and fought it off and then came back and fought it off. So she was in the midst of the fight when she and I became, uh, close friends. And, um, and so I, you know, I didn't know her when she was vibrant. And I will tell you, we would talk, you know, when I would go to her house, we would watch a movie, we'd go to have a sandwich, we'd talk about whatever. And when she would talk, she would, she would speak wistfully about what she it bothered her, man. She'd be like, you know what she used to look like and she, and how she used to be vibrant and full of life. And now she was doing the best she could, but she was tired all the time. And it was a frustrating thing. And she was frustrated because she was frustrated for Armando. And it just that thing where they would go out and try to do the best that they could. And she still tried to live her life, but she would be exhausted. And it just, it really frustrated her not being able to live the life that she wanted to live. And also to not look the way she had looked previously, because she again was kind of a Fox, you know what I mean? And so for her, she was, and, I, and you know, she was still beautiful when I would go see her. And then you saw in the photos I took of her, but in her old school photos, you could see that, that she was, uh, you know, she was kind of a little, uh, number, <laughs> I guess you would say, um, and that part of her was, she felt gone she felt it was gone. And, and I, you know, I would tell her, well, look, you're fighting and it'll come back and all that sort of thing. Whatever. We know what happened. So, uh, they're showing the video and there's, there's all these, Again, the clips of her as a young woman and the clips of her now, you know, they would show her, um, she'd gone to a concert and they gotten some photos taken. They had gone to, uh, I forget it was the Ronald Reagan museum or something like that to an exhibit with an Eagle or something, all these pictures of her and Armando and her and her, her, her nephew, um, you know, and pictures of her with friends and family. And it, it's just that thing where you're just watching it and you're going, man, this is just, just, just a slideshow of sadness. I know it's a celebration. I know a memorial is a celebration. I know we're all there to remember her name one last time and to rejoice in the fact that we all got to know her, but it's just, it's probably a flaw inside me that I can't give myself completely over to the narrative of, well, our friend is happier now because she's not sick. And, uh, and now let's all remember her. And that's great. Um, instead I find myself sad for what could have been. I find myself, uh, wishing that things had been different. And I find myself, uh, thinking that my friend had so much more to give and so much, so much more time to spend with people she loved. And it was just, it was just taken and I don't, uh, I don't claim to, to understand that. I don't know why it happens. Like nobody can explain anything in this fucking world. It's just, as I've, as I've said before, the world's a fucking wood chipper, man. That's why you should just smile at people and make them happy and do whatever you can to make somebody fucking make their day. Just fucking reach out and help somebody. So, uh, but I will say it was also inspiring to see that many people there celebrating our friend. And, uh, and so people are milling about and they're going around and, um, finally her mom emerged, you know, and she caught my eye and came up to me and, and, uh, and, and she hugged me and she said, are you, you're coming to the house, right? And I said, oh yeah, definitely. I'll come by. She was okay. We've got plenty of food. It's going to be, you know, we, we definitely want to see you over there. And, 
Uh, I said, okay, great. And I let her, you know, she's got to go talk to a million people because that's just the hardest thing in the world. Um, I didn't see Armando at the memorial because again, he's, he's receiving people and I didn't want to be that guy. And I knew I'd see him at the house. So, uh, you know, I walked out, I went to my car and the, the house is only, it was only like four miles away from the funeral home. Um, which means that if there is a zombie apocalypse, they're the first wave. And they're in a lot of trouble. So they need to really, I'll tell you what, I went to their house. I was very surprised by the lack of a moat. I would, I would, if I lived that close to a fucking cemetery, you better believe I would build a fucking moat and an electric fence. I would have an electric fence in front of the moat. And then I would have maybe animals in the moat that like to eat zombies. And then I would have a, uh, another electric fence behind the moat. I would have a moat sandwich with a couple of electric pieces of fucking bread. Get through that zombie. Uh, and then I would start on the tunnels underneath my house so I could tunnel to the grocery store and try to steal some ham because I would want to stay alive because the zombies are all trying to get in. They can't climb the fence. They're not going to tunnel under. And if they do, they get the fucking animals who want to eat zombies that bite the shit out of them. Meanwhile, I'm in a pneumatic tube flying underneath the ground, going to steal a fucking can of SpaghettiOs and stay alive, baby. Uh, so if I lived, yeah, if I lived that close to a cemetery, fuck that. I would, I would be constantly building defenses. I would have pommel horses. I would have, it would be like when I went to Kuwait, there were, there were mosques that had, uh, that had barriers in front because the car bombs would drive into them and they wanted to try to deter them. So uh, there was a mosque there that had been car bombed, like uh, just, just recently when I had arrived and cause I said, well, Monica, what the fuck's with all the barbed wire and all that shit? He goes, oh yeah, they had a car bomb. So now they build these, you know, you ever see those like cement dividers that they put on the highway here? Well, they were putting it in front of the mosque so these motherfuckers didn't drive into the door. So if they hit the fucking barriers and the bomb would blow up and all they got to rebuild is the scaffold outside. Good for them. Um, but at least they don't penetrate the goddamn uh, mosque. So that's what I would do at my house. If I, if I lived that close to a goddamn cemetery, it would, just, it would just be fucking, it would look like a mosque. I would just have barbed wire and fucking dividers. And like I said, a couple of electric fences, like a couple of pieces of bread and a moat in the middle with animals who love to eat zombies. Fuck yeah. And, I'd, and then I'd feel good. Like I said, then I'd build the tunnels. Uh, so she said, will you come to the house? I said, of course I will, certainly. And, uh, and I went to make my way over there. Uh, but I got to the car. And again, since it was so close, you know, again, I did that thing where I'm like, well, uh, and I'm so good at this. Part of it is that I don't want to face it, but part of it uh, truthfully is, well, look, they, they have a lot of, I knew Maki, but I, and I knew Armando and I, I knew her parents a little bit and I'd met her brother. Um, but at the same time, I knew they had, again, if there's that many people at the memorial service, well, then there's going to be that many people at their house and their house is going to be crazy crowded. And I don't want to add to that. And I don't want to, you know, it's just whatever you do what you can to avoid the things you don't want to do. So to go over to a memorial service and, and have to, again, be in, in an atmosphere of death, even though celebratory death, but we're all there for the, you know, it's, it's a, it's a diverse group of people who are all brought together by one thing. Now, if you have a book club, it's a diverse group of people who are brought together by their love of reading. If you have a Dungeons and Dragons club, it's a group of people, a diverse group of people who are brought together by their love of tabletop gaming. Uh, when you have a memorial celebration, it is a diverse group of people who are brought together by loss. And that is a, a, uh, a bitter truth. And despite the fact that everybody's smiling, despite the fact that people are eating Hawaiian rolls, despite the fact that people are doing a rock garden in tribute to Maki, uh, we are still there because we, we share mutual pain and it's behind the eyes of everybody you see. So, uh, you know, I get there. I, I finally, I waited like 20 minutes at the, at the fucking cemetery. 
And then I drove over and, and by the time I, and I was right, because by the time I got there, the park, the, the street was again, completely filled. So I had to park a block and a half away, which was fine with me. And I walked up and, uh, again, I don't, I don't know anybody. Um, I know Maki, you know, and I know Armando, I know her parents a little bit. And the rest of these people are just, we have one thing in common. And it's, you know, it's, that's not exactly a conversation starter. So how'd you know the dead girl? You know what I mean? It's just, it just doesn't, I mean, it's, it's all you can say, but it doesn't ring uh, very friendly, but I mean, I can talk to anybody in any atmosphere. I can, I can sit, you dump me in any fucking situation. You can dump me in the middle of fucking Borneo. I'll end up talking to a goddamn gnat. I don't give a fuck. Whoever the fuck is there, I can talk their goddamn ear off. Uh, and I can also go into my fucking act where I'm not, uh, you know, where I, so I can avoid talking about the terrible thing that we're all there to fucking commemorate, celebrate, memorialize, whatever the fuck you want to say. But at the same time, you know, if I, if I have a head start, like when at Max's father's wake or Dennis's father's wake, um, these are all people who are familiar with me and they know me and we have a common thing that we can discuss. I'm walking into a room of strangers. So I, I mean, I know how to behave. I'm, I'm certainly not outing myself as somebody who's going to come in and like, waha, woohoo, Maki and fucking pull out New Year's Eve popper. I mean, not that fucking idiot, but at the same time, it's uh, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Cause you don't know, uh, who's, who's affected in what ways. And you don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, just like, hey, you know, I used to come over and Maki and I would watch movies. Oh my God, we loved movies. And then everybody starts crying. And then you're the fucking idiot who brought up the wrong thing. Uh, so you have to kind of work your way through this minefield a little bit. So, um, and I love the way I've, the, how I've turned like a memorial service into a, an obstacle course for me to navigate. I mean, it's not that it's certainly, it's a beautiful remembrance of a person who has gone way too soon, but at the same time, you know, me and, uh, you still got to think about what you're going to say and who you're going to talk to and where you're going to talk and what, what they've got to eat and where you should be. And, uh, you know, how many people lined up for the bathroom and just all this, it's the same shit you would do for any goddamn child's birthday party, except for this time, there's no cake. There's a coffin. So, uh, by the way, her coffin was not there. I should go ahead and stress this. That makes it sound like there was a coffin at the memorial service. (laughs) Actually, it was there. They brought it out with candles on it. (laughs) They said, all right, let's go, everybody. Happy death day to you. And then we all blew them out. Um, So we, uh, we, we, you know, I show up and I walk in the door and, um, you know, I, I, I just kind of navigate, I make eye contact, I look, I nod. And, uh, and, and I will tell you this, it's, um, you know, their house is a lovely house and they have, so they have a full spread of food. They had a fucking sushi chef. They had a sushi chef there and, uh, and he's making Inari and, and he's making like regular sushi as well as, uh, sashimi. You go in the back and there's fucking just piles of mastacholi and fucking bread and cookies and pastries and all that shit. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it could, it might as well be a fucking first communion. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's the memorial, the celebratory look back at a life that, that has ended, you know what I mean? But, but nobody wants to talk about the fact that it's ended. It's just, we're there. Look, I'm the weirdo. Okay. Everybody else is there to celebrate Maki and that's cool. And I was too, but as I said, I'm never more than an arm's length away from the very fact that I will never see this person again. Strange for me. So I walk through and, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at people and kind of glancing. And then I see Armando in the backyard and he's, you know, black suit sunglasses and he's still shaking up. I can tell, but I walk up and, uh, he's talking to like four people and I, I, I wait, you know, I, off to the side, I don't, I don't get in his field of vision. I'm like, done. I'm not that guy. Hey, dust these fucking four people. I want to talk to you. Um, but I kind of lurked in the perimeter and then, uh, there was a lag and I stepped up 
and he went, Oh my God. And he, you know, I gave him a hug and, and, uh, he's like, I, I, I'm glad you're here. And, uh, were you at the memorial service? I said, I was, you know, I said, it was, it was beautiful. I said, the song was lovely. And, you know, there's so many people here and, um, you know, this is great. And this yard is beautiful. Cause this is, and you know, it's, I can't imagine what he's going through. You know, again, he lost his partner of eight years, his fiance, uh, who he was going to marry in the very backyard where they're holding her memorial service. Just, just the ghosts that has got to conjure up inside your fucking skull is, is, is it's daunting to even think about, but he, he's just fucking jawed and getting through it. And I, and I, I recognize it and I respect it. So I hugged him again, you know, and I'm like, Hey man, you're taking care of you. I hope you're taking time to, that was my advice. I'm always like, take care of yourself. I mean, this is all a, a, a terrible, terrible thing, but throw water in your face. Make sure you eat something. Make sure you sleep. Make sure you walk out in the sun. You know what I mean? And, and let the, throw water in your face and let the wind blow in your face. So you can feel the, the, the vibrancy of the chill on your skin, just to remind you that you're still here. Um, you know, and then he, he's like, Oh my God, did you meet this person? You know, Shannon, you know, this person here. And I said, I really don't know anybody. And, uh, he said, do you know Renee? And uh, he goes, I know she wants to meet you. Now I had heard from some friends of Maki's, you know, they had listened to the podcast I did two weeks ago and, uh, they reached out via Facebook. They saw the photos. They, well, let's put it this way. They saw the photos first because they appeared on Maki's page and they liked the photos and they commented on the photos and then they, but then they wrote me emails because they actually, I don't know if they got it through Armando or through her other friends. Renee, however, is, uh, was one of Maki's best friends, if not her best friend. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Maki can't, isn't here to refute that. You know what? Fuck it. Cause she's not here to refute that. Renee is her best friend in the goddamn world. Um, and, uh, and Renee had written me and said, look, I, you know, you don't know me, but I'm, I'm a good friend of Maki's and, uh, and I, I want to know, I know you because Maki would talk of you all the time. And she would play your podcast for me. And, you know, uh, Renee lived in Ohio. So Maki would call her and go, you've got to hear this. You got to hear this podcast. And she said, whenever I would drive with Maki, your voice was what was coming out of the radio. So I know, I know who you are. And, and I listened to this week's show and I've been having a really hard time putting my feelings into words, but being able to hear you put your feelings into words helped, uh, in, in a big way. And, and I really hope I'll get to meet you at the memorial service and give you a hug. And that made me happy, you know, and I wrote her back on Facebook and I said, I will absolutely be at the memorial service, um, you know, and, and I would look forward to that hug as we celebrate our friend, you know, and she was coming in from Ohio. I didn't, I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't place that, but she, I had forgotten she lived in Ohio. So sure enough, uh, Armando goes, did you meet Renee? And I said, Oh yeah, no. And he goes, I know she wants to meet you. Hold on, Renee, Renee. And he, he calls her over and, and she looks and she goes, uh, Oh, and she goes, I know you. And I said, oh, hi, Renee. And, uh, and she gave me a big hug, you know, and she said, thank you. And I, I said, no, thank you. You're, you're amazing. And, and then, um, she was, uh, let me explain Renee to you really quick. She was young. She was funny. Uh, and she was just as weirded out as I was at this event. You know, I, I Armando is, he has to meet everybody and, and shake hands and, and get greeted and, and consoled and, and all of those things. But Renee and I are just kind of, we're there floating. You know what I mean? And Renee did, but Renee knew a bunch of other people. She knew this guy, Chris and uh, his girlfriend was there. And then another friend of theirs. And, and um, you know, they used to play rock band with Maki until late in the night. And, and she, so she starts telling me these stories, but man, she was funny. 
like I dug Renee. I was like, oh my God, you know, because all you're hoping for in this this sea of grief is a, a buoy to cling to. And and Renee was just that. She came by in a in a in a fucking speedboat and grabbed me and threw me on there. And we just we drove around and we surfed the waves of grief together. It was fucking perfect to find somebody who was, like I said, young and funny, knew who I was, kind of had a, a sensibility that I could relate to. And because uh, everybody else, you know, it was a lot of older people, a lot of people she worked with, and a lot of and a lot of people would have no idea who the fuck I was. Oh, this is Mike was the host of a show that Maki liked, and then they became friends. I mean, it's just even if you say podcasting, people still think it's fucking amateur hour. Oh, Mike has a podcast. Like, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? They don't fuck. So they think I'm some ham radio operator who fucking bumped into Maki once at the mailbox, and that's not the fucking case, man. You know, she she knew me through this show, like you guys know me through this show, like I know you guys when I meet you, like when I see you in the chat room for Twitch or you write me, I know your names, I know some of your wives, I know your children's names. I mean, it's just we're friends, man. It's a community. So uh, Renee got that. Other people that you know have to explain it, and they just be you know they give you that cockeyed look like a fucking dog. You took his biscuit away, just huh? podcasting, and is that a job? Like, what do you do? You know that sort of thing. So instead I had to pivot and go, no, I'm a standard comedian, but I happen to have a podcast. You know, whenever I would talk to anybody I didn't know, and they were all very gracious. Everybody was very nice. But Renee and I, you know, we really, she knew who I was. So she and I hit it off and uh, we went over to the sushi and we joked about the sushi and we, and we started to, like I said, I'm never funnier than I am in an awkward situation. And so she and I were going back and forth and I was making her laugh and, and, uh, and she was making me laugh. And, uh, she's like, do you smoke? I said, I don't. And uh, I go, but I'll join you outside. And uh, and we went outside. And she goes, and uh, this, this is my favorite thing. I, we go walking outside. She goes, I got to get my cigarettes. I said, I'll meet you out there. So I go outside. She comes out. And uh, I go, so I go, how long has this filth been going on? And and I, which is to me, again, funny for someone I don't even know to fucking say that to her. And literally she just goes, today, I started this morning. Uh, which, I mean, just a fucking home run of a response. And I blurt laughed. And I said, really? I go, well, you know what? I'll tell you what, if this was a day for it, this was certainly the day for it. You have to go ahead and make it happen. Uh, she goes, yeah, I figured this was the, you know, why not? I've, you know, Maki's gone, so I'm going to go ahead and try to get to her as soon as possible. I mean, it, was just, it was just funny and, and back and forth and a little ping pong. It was great. She was super cool. Um, and so she had a smoke and then Chris came out and I met him and then um, Chris's friend came out and, uh, you know, then Renee's like, oh, he hosts a podcast. Then it's that, then you got to go, all right, well, I'm a comedian and I do this and I, you know, I've done this show and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it, it's almost like you got to give your credits to, to prove to them that you're not just some fucking hobo. Um, but then I went inside, you know, cause they were, you know, they were friends and, and, um, and I, I didn't, I felt uh, intruding on friends and I didn't mean to. So Renee was talking to Chris and I said, all right, I'll be inside. And I went in, you know, took a lap. I saw her nephew there and, uh, you know, he was, I don't know if, you know, again, he's a little kid. I mean, he's, he's might be nine. So he's playing with a bunch of other little kids and they're laughing. It's that same thing I talked about at my father's wake. We were just sitting there and all of us kids were shell shocked and everybody else is laughing and eating and they're having a good time in the back of the room. And in the front of the room, there's my dad dead in a box. And I, uh, it was so incongruous. I could not, I, and to this day, look, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, this is 38 years later and I still have trouble making sense of it. The, you know, I understand life goes on and I understand we need it, but isn't there, isn't there, can you take one day? Um, and look, this, this was different. This is a memorial service and a celebration. It was billed as such. So absolutely. You go there, you eat, you celebrate, you laugh, you talk about your friend. But what I'm, t- I'm talking about wakes when you go and it's uh, it should just be a more of a somber deal at least. Um, and I, I don't know, just out of respect for me. 
other than my wake, of course, where I'm, it's going to be a coffin filled with ice and beers. And then when it melts, you seal me in. So I'm old because <laughs> again, I cannot be taken down by the kingdom of the ants. So, uh, so I went outside and there was Armando with a couple of brothers, these guys. And I explained to them, it was, it was, it was great. This, 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 I don't even know his name, Andy. It was a guy named Andy and he was super cool. He was like, Oh my God, to do a podcast. And he's like, what's your name? And he Googled me while I was standing there and he's like, Oh, okay. I found you. I'm going to go ahead and subscribe to it. I said, great. I go, I'm warning you. And it's a lot of swearing. Uh, it is a different kind of show. I go, I'll tell you what, here's what you should do. Two weeks ago, I did a show where I talked about, um, I, I, I talked about my relationship with Maki. And then this week's show is a show I recorded at Maki's house. He's like, oh, no way. I said, yeah, I go, it's uh, you'll hear me in the first five minutes. But then I went up and put up a rerun where I was at Maki's house. I recorded it like two years ago. And, uh, and so you'll hear her laughing. You'll get to hear her on the show. The guy says, that's fantastic. And I go, yeah, but look, I got to warn you. They're both, they're very different shows. He goes, what do you mean? And I go, well, the one from two weeks ago, you know, it's a comedy show, but I, I was basically eulogizing a couple of friends. I was talking about Maki and I had another friend who passed away the day before Maki. So, uh. So you'll get that, and then you listen to this week's show, and um, it's it's I swear a lot, and I'm I'm loud and I'm bawdy and I'm talking about dirty stuff and Maki's laughing and I just and he's like oh my god I'll totally that's fine I totally love it I'm like all right I'm just warning you and it's so it is so ridiculous to have to warn people about listening to your show hey look you might want to you probably don't want to go ahead and listen to this I mean I know it sounds ridiculous but I don't want. You know, they just came from, these guys are wearing ties. I mean, I want to go, hey, you should listen to my show. And then you hear me talking about fist fucking somebody on Maki's Lego table. You know what I mean? Or whatever the fuck. Or I talked, I think I talked about the blowjob houses in Japan on that show. So, uh, so it's a little, you know, it's a bit of a coin flip for people who don't have any fucking idea what I do. So once they get ahead and climb into it, the first one they listen to, they're like, oh my God, this guy, he delivered a eulogy for our beautiful friend Maki. And then the next week it'll be like, hey, wait a second. What is he talking about? Finger blasting a walrus. Like how the fuck did that come up? Um, but I, I have to tell them so they know. And uh, they were very nice. They Googled me. And then I walked around and, uh, you know, I, 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 I ate one piece of sushi. You know what I mean? It was that thing where I'm like, Should I, I don't want to eat. Do I want to eat really? And, uh, and Renee and I both had a piece of sushi and they went, yeah, we're done eating. Fuck this. And, and so I ducked back outside, you know, and I, I, I saw Renee and talked to her a little bit. Then I went back in. I took another lap and I'd been there for, uh, I stayed about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes. And then I just, you know, there were people there. It was kind of breaking up a little bit too. And so I went in the backyard. I was like, all right, I got to say, I got to say goodbyes. And I went in the back and there was her, um, her mom was, you know, again, receiving people the entire time. And I did that thing where you float around in the periphery waiting to go talk. And, and, uh, I caught her eye and she said, Oh, and she came up and hugged me and she said, did you get enough to eat? I said, Oh, of course I did. Thank you. She goes, there's so much food. Do you want to take anything home? And I go, no, you're very nice. Thank you. And, and, uh, and then there was that, it's that awkward, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to see that woman again. Um, you know, I, I, they were very nice people and I loved seeing them every time I saw Maki, but I mean, our connection has been severed. So, uh, so there's that part where I'm like, I'm leaving and okay, it's very beautiful. And again, your, your house is lovely and, and thank you for for inviting me and letting me come. And she's like, Oh my God, we had to have you here. We know, we know you love Maki. And I said, Oh, of course. And, and she said, well, you know, you can come visit. And, uh, and I know it was just a reflex and it's, it's what you say. Uh, even though we both know 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to visit them. <laughs> um, part, but part of me did consider it in the moment where I said, oh, of course, you know, because what do you say? No, I'm never coming here. <laughs> well, visit you. Oh, you're insane. Um, but it, but it seems like an insane idea on its face. You know, I just, I, I didn't know them well. I just knew them a little bit and, and, uh, their daughter was my friend and, 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 and maybe she meant it. I don't know. I mean, it may be in the moment she meant it because anybody's looking for an anchor. Anybody's looking for normalcy, or maybe she's still looking for a connection to her daughter. I don't know, but it was, it was an awkward small talk moment. And I, and, and again, you know, it's lovely of her to tell me that I can visit, which was, which was beautiful. Um, and I went, Oh yes, of course. Thank you. And I, I said, maybe I'll text and I'll come up if I'm in the area, you know? And, um, even though we both know that that was essentially a goodbye forever, you know, I said goodbye to Maki forever the week before. And now I'm, I'm essentially saying goodbye to her family forever. And, and I'm closing a chapter of my life forever. And they're, they're never closing that chapter. It will live forever with every photo and every slideshow and every glance at the bedroom where she fucking passed away. It will live with them for all eternity. So I then, you know, I, I hugged her again, goodbye. And, and I, I circled around and I found her father and her father was, um, you know, he was very, he, he's a, he was just a fucking cool ass dude. You know what I mean? Like whenever I would come by, he was shook my hand with a really good handshake. And, uh, you know, how are you son? Well, uh, what are you doing? How are you? Where'd you come from? You know? And he would always ask me where I came from as if I was coming. Cause he knew I was a comedian and I traveled and I'm like, Oh no, I was just, I was at my house in the Valley and you know, I was in Seattle over the summer and you know, I would, I would recount that. And, um, but he was getting a plate of food and I didn't want to bother him while he was getting a plate of food, but he had a couple of guys in suits hassling him. Ha ha. You're going to have a bunch of leftovers here, buddy. He's like, Oh, I can't wait. I'm eating for like four days. You want to take some? And they were laughing back and forth. And, uh, and then he got to the end of the line and I was, I waited and, and, uh, he looked up at me and I just said, I, you know, sir, I'm, I'm going to leave now. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, and I'm very, very sorry. He said, Oh, understood. And I said, yeah, I, I just, I know, you know, I, I said, I lost a parent at a young age. So I, I just, it's not the same, but it's, I, I kind of know. And because again, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck to say. And, uh, and also he was, because he was also being jovial. He wasn't, you know, I wasn't consulting him guys. He's just, I'm just interrupting his manicotti. It's all I'm fucking doing at that point. Um, but he is, he's already mourned. He's still got grief in his heart, but he's not going to show it because he's got a house full of people to fucking kind of entertain, you know? And so he went, she was a very special girl. I said, she absolutely was. And I was lucky to know her. And he said, well, she loved you. And I said, great. I'm glad because I loved her too. And I shook his hand and I let him get to his fucking pasta. <laughs> and I walked out. Uh, you know, I made my way through the dining room and the living room and I went out the front door and Armando was on the porch and he was receiving people. He was talking to like, uh, it was like four or five people there. And, you know, I waited again. And, uh, you know, when that passed, he looked at me and I, he goes, you take it off? I says, I am. I go, I go, it seems like it's breaking up a little bit too. I go, and he goes, well, he goes, yeah, some people will be here late. Some people won't. He goes, I don't. I go, do you do you just want everybody to go? And he goes, mm. <laughs> you know, he didn't really answer. And I said, I, I go, that's an inappropriate question. I go, I, I just, um, I know how hard this is for you. And I'm, I'm really sorry, Armando, you know that. And I gave him a hug 
you know, and he, he mentioned again that Maki was special and that she loved me and, and how much he loved her. And I said, well, dude, she couldn't stop talking about you when we were together. She was so excited for me to meet you. And then she, you know, we, cause when I'd go there, he would work. And then I would, uh, if I even thought about leaving, she'd be like, well, stay, you got to wait for Armando. You got to see him. And I'd, so I'd wait for Armando to come home and he'd bring dinner home and we'd have a, you know, some pizza or something. And we'd joke and laugh and, um, just a really good man. And, uh, and I, I, I just don't, I don't know how you deal with this kind of a loss. It's just so rough. You know, it's, it's with a kid or, or a significant other. And, and, um, you know, cause all we, all we want to do is be loved and be happy and know that we have someone. And at 51, you know, I don't, I don't have anyone right now. And now Armando doesn't have anyone. And, you know, it's, it's, you can look forward and it does, it's very blurry. Like you, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't. I mean, none of us know. Fuck. I mean, Christ, I, you know, <laughs> I could drink a sip of water and touch my microphone and be electrocuted on the air right now. I mean, I don't, I don't I have no fucking, none of us has any clue about how things are going to turn out. But, uh, but I was glad I was able to go and I was glad I was able to see her family and see Armando. And I told him, I go, look, man, you call me, you come see me. He goes, of course, absolutely. As soon as, uh, you know, we get everything squared away here. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be in touch. You know, I've got a lot more time now. He's off work and, you know, and he, and, and then real, real life, you know, the closing out her accounts and then getting his work to understand that he needs a week off or two weeks off. And in addition to mourning and losing somebody so close to you, then having to deal with the real world nonsense, I, I can't, uh, I got no interest in that. And I'm sorry that he had to go through that. And it, it, uh, It'll get easier in time for him, for her family, for her friends, for everyone. But you'll never forget. It always, it just leaves a mark. God damn, does it fucking sting. So, I, you know, he had people there and he's on the porch. And I, I, so I gave him a hug <laughs> again. And I said, hey man, you find me. And he said he would. And I walked down the driveway. There was Renee and Chris. I went and said goodbye to Renee. One last time, talked to her, thanked her, and, and said goodbye to Chris and walked to my car. Broke down on the way to my car. You know, just again, when you look at the the big picture, you know, it, it just... And I probably extrapolated saying goodbyes to people in with saying goodbye to my friend. I, I don't know. It hit me hard for some reason on the way to the car. And I stopped in the middle of the road, and uh, I looked up because it was beautiful. I'll tell you, it was crisp. It was like 65, 68 degrees. And I, I, I stood in the street and I looked up at the blue sky with some wisps of clouds and I just breathed. You know, I just, I just stared up. I closed my eyes and I did, you know, in through the nose, out through the mouth three times, in through the mouth, out through the nose three times, in through the nose, out through the nose three times, in through the mouth, out through the nose three times. And, uh, arms outstretched, sun on my face, probably just wanting to feel alive and, uh, and leave all of that in the rearview mirror. Because I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Armando has made it through and it's going to be a tough adjustment for him, but I'll be happy when he's my friend and he can look me up and we can laugh and joke and have, he can have a beer or whatever and we can hang out. But I'm going to be even happier when I can just leave all of this death in the rearview mirror for a while and look forward instead of back.
You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You guys can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Did you know I'm on Instagram and Snapchat? Fuck yeah, I am. I'm Mike40YOB at Instagram and Snapchat, motherfuckers. It seems aggressive. Uh, I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. There's my Twitch channel. Why don't you come over there and check me out as I'm streaming Spider-Man at the moment. Um, did some Cowboys on Sunday again, thinking of my friend Maki and, uh, you know, took a day off from Spider-Man and, you know, her memorial service was on Saturday. So I said, you know what, Sunday, let's Cowboys. So we did. But uh, new game coming up. Not sure what it's going to be. I'm going to start promoting a lot better. I swear. <laughs> he says every week. But uh, but join me at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Follow the channel. Come and visit one stream. There's a bunch of regulars in the chat room. It's fun. It's funny. Everybody's having a good time and joking. We're all excited. Our friend Travis Barbecue is there. Our friend Radio Rob. Our friend Ruben. Our friend Kiki. Our friend Christy. Uh, our friend Taco Chuck. Our friend Derek. I mean, all of these these people. Jeremy is there all the time. Uh, who else shows up? Uh, some some fantastic. Manny Moe is always there. He's the coolest. Uh, everybody is great. And everybody pops in and says hi. And we've got other some regulars that I, I don't know who they are, as a matter of fact. Did I say Christy? I think I might have said Christy. Um, our, oh, and our friend, you know what? Our friend uh, Crystal shows up as well. And our friend Anne, beautiful Anne, shows up. Everybody's great. Everybody's there and everybody has a good time. And they're having fun with themselves. Our friend Murph. Murph is there all the time. So all these people hang out in the chat room, and I want you to be a part of that as well. Watching me play a game, yeah, whatever the fuck. But, I mean, I'm there. I'm trying to be funny and entertaining, but it's entertaining in the chat room. You're hanging out with people. It's a community, and that's kind of what I'm trying to build. So twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Come and check out the super angry guy, Gene. Happy good time twitching hour that's never just an hour. Every Tuesday through Sunday. Although we've been taking some Saturdays off because, you know, everybody fucking died. Uh, But now I think we're going to get back on a regular schedule. Um. So yeah, I, our friend uh, Ryan Dirks is the web guy for this show. You can contact him at Facebook.com/slash Ryan Dirks. Be his pal. Be his friend. And of course, David Hernandez uh, is a jack of all trades. He's done music and he's done art for this show for so many years. You can find him if you're looking for him. Well, of course you are. Go to Facebook.com/slash David Max Hernandez and be his friend down there. But I'll tell you this: if you want him to do some of the artwork that he uh, he does so well, first of all, go to his website, ArtByDMH.com. That's A R T B Y D M H.com. Check out what he can do, what he has done. And think about what he will do for you when you decide to pay him and get him on board. Because I'm telling you, the guy does fucking amazing work. Fantastic paintings. Go to artbydmh.com. Like I said, you can see that he's got uh, Valscapes. He's got Guy Cons. And uh, all of those have been sold. But you can see that style of work. And he can do that. And uh, he puts memes up all the time on Facebook. Again, if you become his friend at facebook.com slash uh, David Mex Hernandez, you can see his work on there as well. I mean, he, he showcases it all the goddamn time. He's just he's just unbelievably prolific and talented. And I think you should hire him to do some cool stuff for you, like paint a wedding painting or a painting of your baby or your dog or an alien. Or if you if you want to if you want Brad Pitt from Fight Club, he can do that as well. Whatever you want, the man can do it. But you've got to check out his website and you've got to contact him. He's at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can find him on there. Be his friend. Ask him some questions about rates and to check out his work. You go to artbydmh.com. That is A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Man, it's really quiet.
You guys know that Lily von Stupp, former producer of this show, has a Indiegogo campaign to fund the Hollywood Burlesque Festival. Well, she does. You can go check it out right now. I don't have the web address. If you go to her Facebook or if you write her a note uh, or if you go to Indiegogo and you search Hollywood Burlesque Festival, I will assume you will find it there and you will see all of the fabulous work that she is doing. And uh, she's already funded. I'll tell you this. She was looking for a certain amount and it got funded pretty quick. So now she's just getting more money to do an even more fabulous festival. Any, Any penny helps. It helps her put on the festival. It helps her get uh, get get busy dreaming. You know what I mean? And that's what she loves doing. So this is this is a woman who I've known forever, who always gets shit done, who fucking bangs it out hard. And she is someone who I respect and who works. She's my sister. I've talked about it on here before. So she's doing the Hollywood Burlesque Festival. And again, I don't know how the fuck she makes it work out of nothing. She'll just be like, yeah, this is a good idea. And then she gets a building and she's got these ceramic pins that are fucking beautiful. She's got all of these amazing things that she's working. And, uh, and I, I took her out to lunch. We went out, uh, we went to Costco and went shopping. We hung out and it was good to see her. I was happy. And then I learned all about her plans at the burlesque festival. And, uh, 
And I'm happy for her. So again, the Indiegogo campaign exists. If you want to throw a couple of bucks her way, that's fantastic. Uh, I would appreciate it. And so would she. Hey, you guys know about Cameo? I don't know if you do or you don't. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you right the fuck now. Sit down, children. Gather around. Sit at my feet like a grandpa reading you a Christmas fucking story. And let me tell you the story about an app that is useless, but it's okay. You should download it on your phone and hire me to do something dumb. That's what I want to do. Remember the TV show Jackass? Cameo's like that with a phone. Uh, well, not really. I'm not going to fucking get my balls blown off or have a mouse bite my cock. But at the same, well, no, it, wait, it depends on how much you want to pay. You want to, if you want a mouse to bite my cock, go ahead and hire me on Cameo. I can make that work depending on the money you want to come through with. Um, Cameo is a, it's a product, an app, so to speak, uh, as the kids call them, where you can have me call up somebody you love, somebody you hate, somebody you don't love, have me do one for you and leave you a personal note, a personal message telling you all about the cool ass things that you like and want. If it's a birthday, if it's a celebration, a christening, as I mentioned, hey, look, if you got a wake or a funeral, you want me to talk shit about a dead guy, I'm happy to do it. Pay my fee and make it happen. Download the Cameo app to your phone. Look up Mike Schmidt. I'm there lurking and I'll be happy to do it. And uh, just like our friend Catherine Sweeby did a couple of weeks ago. And she was, as I will be honest with you, I thought she was not happy with what I did because I didn't hear from her right away. Cause you know, me, me, I'm fucking brain. And I'm like, well, yeah, she would have told me she liked it maybe, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to have the thing where I wrote her and go, did you like that by any chance? Uh, you know, I didn't want to be that idiot. Uh, and I think I did say to her at one point, like, um, you know, Cameo doesn't let me know that you received something. Because again, when I upload it on my phone, it takes fucking forever. And then I assume it went up. I assume it got uploaded, but I, it never really says, all right, uploaded. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's always, I've never missed it. So it's always been uploaded, which makes me happy. Um, but in fact, one time I did a Cameo and you have a week to do them. And unfortunately I waited a week and then I started to record it like, you know, I don't know, a half hour or 40 minutes before the deadline. And, uh, and I was recording it and stuff. And then I went to upload it. And as I was uploading it, all of a sudden it said, you have missed your deadline for cameo. And I'm like, fuck you, man. It was uploading, but they, they don't fuck around over there, man. They cut it loose at the second when the fucking clock strikes 12, it's a Saturday night. All the creeps are sleeping. All the cools in sight and cameo cutting me off motherfuckers. So. Uh, I promise to uh, do, do your cameo in a, in a quick turnaround fashion. If you go ahead and hire me at the cameo app, download it to your phone, find my name and hire me to do cool things for you. Yes, you. Hey, who wants to drive for Uber or Lyft? I will tell you this. I have codes to give you. If you want to drive in California, though, I will tell you, I just got an email from them. Uh, dudes, they cut the fucking the, the fees, not the, no, not the fees for you guys. They cut the, the rate. So get this, they're, they're charging a little bit more for time in the car, but for distance, they cut it by 25 fucking percent. So I, the way I figured if I drive a hardcore schedule, they're probably going to cost me 200 bucks a week because distance was the key. You know, the time is the time who the fuck cares, but distance, man, that was, that's where you made your money and the minimum charge. They raised it to five bucks. Now I guess they're cutting it back down to four or three fifty or something. Dudes, I, uh, I don't know, um, but you got to do what you got to do. So if you are in a position where you, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it as a full-time gig, but if you wanted to just take a Lyft or a Cameo, I'm well, not a Cameo, uh, Ooft, a Lyft or Uber, Ooft. You want to drive for Ooft? Who wants to drive for uh, Luber or Ooft? Um, here's the codes. If you want to drive for Lyft, use my code. And it's all capital letters, M-I-K-E, and then the numbers 72 to below 57. 720057. M I K E 720057. That's my code for Lyft. M I K E 720057. All caps on Mike. 
And uh, you can use that if you're a driver, you want to be a driver, you can use it as a first time passenger if you've never had a lift before. And I get a spiff either way. Thank you for thinking of me. I appreciate it. Now, Uber, if you want to use their code, it's DJZW1YTTUE. Now, that's all lowercase. DJZW, the number one, YTTUE, all lowercase on those letters. DJZW1YTTUE. And same deal, man. If you want to be a driver, you use that code. If you want to be a first-time passenger, you use that code. Uh, if you want to just scroll it on a bathroom wall, go ahead and use that code. Maybe somebody will be getting head or something of a fucking bathroom somewhere and look up and go, you know what? After this chick finishes blowing me, I'm going to go ahead and call for a ride. Look at that code I can use, baby. Or I'll send her home in style. And I'll get that because, you know, when you're getting head in a bathroom stall in a fucking nightclub, the first thing you're thinking of is, oh, I can't wait to send this girl home in style. You are a classy fella. Uh, So please, Uber and Lyft, if you want to do those things, use my codes. If you don't, I totally get it. But if you do decide to use it, go ahead and use my code because it helps me out so much. I have a YouTube channel, YouTube, a YouTube. Now I have a YouTube channel, uh, which is YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. And it's got, uh, you know, it's got what it's had. It's had, it's got the archives of the podcast. I've, I've got to figure out how to put the recent ones on there and I've got to start putting Twitch clips up there. Oh, there's so many things I got to start doing, including chats. I'm going to start doing chats again on YouTube. Uh, in addition to streaming on Twitch with games, I'm going to be doing some chats on YouTube. Um, we're expanding the empire a little bit, especially with Uber cutting the fucking, uh, rates. I need to do something to try to make as much money online as I possibly can, because Hey man, it's the gig economy dudes. And if you don't think I'm not holding up the peace signs right now, you are crazy. No, if you think I'm not holding up peace signs right now, you're crazy because I am. Don't double negative this shit. This isn't never not funny, baby. Uh, so please go to the YouTube channel and check it out. Look at our archives. And uh, again, like I said, I got chats coming up too. That is going to be so fun. Go ahead and become a follower or a subscriber to the YouTube channel so you know what's happening. Just like you can follow or subscribe on the, uh, on the Twitch channel that I mentioned earlier. Following's free. Subscribing's free if you're an Amazon Prime person. You can use your Amazon Prime and go to subscribe through Twitch Prime. You just got to review it every month or renew it, I should say, every month. Um, or you can just subscribe because you're a cool person who wants to give money without Amazon, and then that'll cost you a little bit of cash. But whatever you decide to give me is fantastic. Thank you for thinking of me. I do appreciate it. And on that same uh, tip, if I can use the parlance of the 90s rappers, uh, there's the Patreon page that exists. If you want to go ahead and become a patron of this show, which also funds the uh, not only this podcast... But also the 40-Year-Old Boy Twitch channel and uh, possible live excursions. Uh, let's talk about this real quick. Oh, well, let me, all right, let me finish this really fast. Go to Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the 40-Year-Old Boy. Or it might be Mike40YOB. I don't know off the top of my fucking head. You would think I would know this link. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up right now as we're talking. Let me pull up the old computer and see what it says. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. That's me. But if you went in there and you put in Mike Schmidt, you'd find me anyway. Um... And, and become a patron of this show, of Patreon. And more chats are coming there. And by more, I mean some chats or a chat. Uh, I, I, I've been neglectful and I understand those things. And every show is me fucking backtracking and going, well, you know, fuck that. I'm, I'm shutting the fuck up. Just like being late, turning the tide, man, making things work and, and making me my job. It was what I said on January 1st, the first week of this show and, of the year 2019. And I, I want to do it. We're making some progress here into March. The streaming I've been doing very well at. I've been doing it every day and I'm excited about the build, building that channel, but I need to do more. I need to be better. And I will. I will. So, uh, so subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the Twitch channel or follow or subscribe. You know, following is one thing. Subscribing also gives money. Thank you for thinking of me. And Patreon is uh, very important because it funds this show and other things and it funds my life. You know, it makes, makes things go and I can bring you whatever I can bring you, uh, regarding this and Twitch and all those other different things. So thank you everyone who is a patron at Patreon. 
And everyone who thinks about subscribing, I appreciate you stepping up and go ahead and do just that. I am very grateful. Thank you so much for making this uh, my job and making this the thing I want to do and making me good at it and all of those cool ass things. I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, what was I saying? There was something else I was going to segue into. Oh, let's talk about this live stuff. Uh, I'm in Toronto this year. Did you know that? I, I, I don't know if I've announced it officially, but now I'm telling you on this show because we've uh, it's been a weird couple of weeks. So I've known for a couple of weeks that I'm going, but now this is the first official time I'm thinking I'm saying it here on the show. Um, I am going to be in Toronto from August 6th through August 16th. So I'm there for 10 days, man. And what's going on in those 10 days? Well, let me tell you. Um, you know, it's funny because some of the guys there call it Schmidtapalooza, Schmidtapalooza. So um, we'll be doing escape rooms. We'll be going to dinners. Uh, we're going to see Iron Maiden one of the nights. I understand that Ken is looking into skydiving. I may be doing some skydiving in Toronto. Um, I just want to go there and live some fucking life, man. And I want you guys involved. So anybody who's in Canada will be doing axe throwing where our buddy Steven Brogy has to defend his title against the previous champion of John floor. Uh, we're going to go throw axes around. We're going to just, we're just going to fucking have fun, man. And, uh, and there might be vice involved, but we're definitely going to see iron maiden skydiving is a possibility. We're going to movies. We might just have a movie night at somebody's house. You might just sit around a fire pit. We're just going to fucking hang out. It's going to be 10 days of amazing fun. Now, will I do a show? Uh, last year I did a show. We passed the hat. It turned out fun because I did it at our buddy Rick's, uh, place of business. Rick may not live in Toronto. I'm told he may, he may be moving by the time August rolls around. So I will look for another venue. Um, or there's a possibility of doing it maybe just in somebody's yard or in their house. And I know that sounds kind of funky and weird, but this is an idea I've had for a long time. Mex and I would talk about it, about going to hotel rooms and just doing shows and people come to you rather than going to a theater. Um, so in Toronto, we might maybe we'll try that seat of the pants. If Rick's still there, maybe we'll use his venue if it's available. If not, we'll look into all avenues. But uh, the important thing is I'll be there 10 days for hanging out and fun. Could be just sitting around and doing nothing, just talking and laughing, which I'm really excited to spend some time with my friends up there. And uh, and also, like I said, we got Iron Maiden one night, probably skydiving another night, escape room at least a couple times. We're going to throw axes. We're just going to have a good fucking time. So it's going to be great. In Toronto, I will be there uh, August 6th through August 16th. Uh, no tickets on sale or anything like that. It'll be a pass the hat deal, whatever the fuck we got to do if I do a show, but, um, but get involved with these things and come on out to the, the throwing of the, all of it. It's just, I just want to see everybody. So please come on out and make that happen. That'd be fantastic. Uh, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, we have the merchandise page, which you know is the Joe business page. You click through there, you find the Amazon link. I mean, there's stuff on there for sale, but everybody bought it already, but there is an Amazon link. So uh, look, we all shop on Amazon, right? We all do that. So go to the Amazon link and bang around in there for a little bit. Once you click on it, you go to my page, like I said, merchandise, and you just click on the Amazon link. It's totally free for you, but we get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out great because once you're in there through my link, you shop, you buy, and you leave a, a, a digital footprint, if you will. And, uh, and you go in there and it traces back to me and they give me all the money in the fucking world, which seems like probably an overestimate of what I've been getting from them. <laughs> I know their guy who owns Amazon owns all the money in the world. So you would think he would give me his entire fortune, but he hasn't yet that fucking guy. Uh, but that does exist. So go ahead to uh, Mike Go to the merchandise page, which is the Joe business page. Click on the Amazon link and do all your shopping. Like I said, it costs you nothing, man, but 10 seconds of navigation on the web. And you're doing that now as we speak. I see you thumbing through your phone and trying to find stuff to look for on your Chrome. Uh, so go there and use the link. It works out great. I appreciate it. Hey, let's talk about this. Did you know there's a sponsor for this show? 
There certainly is, for fuck's sake. It's the goddamn Paranoid Strain podcast hosted by our good friend Fearful Jesuit. He is the best. Right now, right now, I demand it. You're scrolling through your phone anyway, as I just pointed out. So go ahead to the iTunes store and subscribe to the Paranoid Strain podcast. Uh, because you're going to download it. You're going to hear it's fucking amazing. There's a new episode in there now. It's a quick hit episode uh, where he, he he tears into the Denver airport. He talks about all the dudes. He gets into conspiracy theories about Alex Jones's downfall. It's just, it's phenomenal. You need to listen to it. Uh, again, as I mentioned, though, I'm very furious because the man insults the movie The Departed. And it, uh, quite frankly, I, I had to think long and hard about our sponsorship relationship. But... I've decided to retain him. And by I've decided to retain him, I mean, I begged him to stay, which is fine. I don't mind begging. But at the same fucking time, if you can't appreciate a movie where fucking Jack Nicholson does a bad Boston accent and looks at a fucking guy and goes, who let this IRA motherfucker in my bar? And the guy goes, I, and then he goes, ah, I'm just kidding you. How's your mother? And the guy goes, she's on her way out. And Nicholson goes, we all are act accordingly. That's it's one of my favorite movie lines of all time. So again, I say to you, fearful Jesus, what, what the fuck, man? Uh, but that episode is available. But if you download, you get all the fucking episodes and the guy it's meticulously scripted. He and his friend Dana are just putting out the best quality conspiracy debunking podcast you could ever fucking hope for. It's called the paranoid strain. It's available right now in the iTunes store. And I'll tell you what, leave a comment in the iTunes store telling them how much you love it, how we sent you there. So he knows that we're hitters, write him a note, the paranoid strain at gmail.com. You can get a hold of him there. Fearful Jesuit will read your note on the air because he does that. He reads all the emails. Eh, it might be a lie. But if he gets a charming and delightful email, perhaps you can even be involved in the show. Maybe you'll get a phone number to call and you can be interviewed on the show because that's another thing that he does. Is he interviews people who know. Do you know anything about a conspiracy theory? You got anything to debunk? What are you doing, debunkers? Uh, if you can get a hold of Fearful Jesuit, perhaps he can work you into a narrative. But I, I don't know because the man is just, dude, every word is scripted. Every conjunction, every and, but, and, or is fucking nailed down by that guy. And again, I have fascination for it because I don't do that. I don't have the discipline. Like, I mean, I, I, I think if I made myself do it, I would do it. But I, you know me, I'm not making myself do fucking anything these days except for talk to you guys, which is fucking something I love. I don't have to make myself do it. Um... But he scripts. I fire away. You know what I mean? It's it's the difference between a fucking sniper three miles away with a fucking scope and a red dot on your forehead and a, and a guy who just walks in, fucking kicks open the saloon doors and just starts shooting. So it's it's two different approaches that both work fantastically well. And go listen to his because it's fantastic. Go ahead and download the Paranoid Strain podcast. Subscribe right now in the iTunes store. Leave a comment in the iTunes store about how much you love it. Write paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Uh, or the paranoid strain at gmail.com and get a hold of fearful Jesuit and just tell him how, uh, how highly you think of his work. And, uh, and I tell you, I couldn't think any more highly of it. He's fantastic. And he's a good guy on top of it. So please go to the paranoid strain podcast in the iTunes store and subscribe today. Now, look, man, we've been talking about a lot of death, a lot of, a lot of people, unfortunately passing away. And it's just, it's been a fucking weird uh, month, three weeks, whatever the fuck. Uh, but I will tell you this. We have uh, there's a listener to this show. This is a listener who has been with me from the jump. I'm talking from the goddamn beginning, baby. Uh, and this person may have even been involved in Never Not Funny. I don't know if they listen to Never Not Funny, uh, but they found me somehow. Has come to see me live at least a couple of times that I know of. Saw me at the first show in Milwaukee um, and then saw me in uh, Wausau. I think that's where I was or Green Bay, whatever the fuck I was. Um, it's our friend Casey Bills. 
who is a terrific fan and a friend and a listener to this show. And Casey Bills, he is the guy, his wife, Andrea, who's beautiful and lovely and a terrific person. She knitted me a cock sock for the microphone and they sent it to me, which is fucking awesome. And now it sits on the dresser of, of Triumph, which I have where all of the things that you've sent me are. And the cock sock is on top of the Boston Terrier that Michelle gave me. Um, but, but Casey and Andrea have been a, a part of the show from the beginning. And, and uh, they've been friends of mine for a very long time. And KC, unfortunately, wound up in the hospital this week. He, he had a procedure, and then there was a perforation in his gut, and he was feeling bad. And then he's like, well, should I go to the hospital? Should I not? And then he gets to the hospital, and, uh, and it turns out that he, um, he almost died. Like, if he would have waited one more day, he would have died. And I, I don't need to hear that shit. Stop dying out there, everybody. Stop getting sick. Just get better. Nobody fucking have this bad. I, you know why? For me. I don't, I don't care for you and your family, but just spare me going forward. Can we do that, please? Uh, but luckily Casey went up in the hospital. I texted Andrea right away and I'm like, man, or Andrea, I, I don't know how to say it. I feel like a dick. Um, I think it's Andrea. And, and so I texted her and I said, how's it going? You know, please keep me updated. Let me know what's going on. And he was passed out. Uh, they had to do a surgery on him. They had to fucking insert another tube and he had a, a, like a fucking drainage thing and a catheter. I mean, just all that shit, the shit you have to do when you get older. And, uh, and I'm not looking forward to it. I know it's going to happen, but I don't have an Andrea who's going to take me to the fucking hospital and take care of me. So Casey is super lucky to have her. And, and I know that she thinks that she's lucky to have him. She knows they're, they're, they're made for each other. They almost took me to a fucking porn breakfast once. I mean, I, they, they're just, they're really cool people and great friends. And I just want to wish Casey the best. And, and I hope he feels better. I want him to just improve and take care of himself because, uh, you know, I don't know how long this fucking show is going to go on and on, but I do know that I need him around the entire fucking time or else it's not worth doing. So KC, take care of yourself, Andrea, um, and take care of you. Like I told you as well, when I texted you, I said, you know, make sure that all the things I told Armando, you know, throw some water in your face, make sure you get something to eat, make sure you sleep. You have to be strong and you have to be healthy and, and ready to take care of KC if he needs it, but you have to take care of yourself on top of that. So, so please do. And, uh, and I, I'm glad so I, I, you know, last I heard he was getting better. I don't know. I haven't had an update just yet. It's cause today is I'm recording this early Wednesday. Um, but anyway, so I, I hope he's, I hope he's much better. So I, I hope he's fine and find him on Facebook. He's in the Joker's page, write him a thank you and a good, I've a, a, a get well deal and, and tell him that you, you know, you're thinking of him. That'd be great. And in addition to that, you know, I, t- I mentioned KC bills. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. Um, you know why? Cause I, I mentioned it in the Twitch stream and I talk about it all the time. And then I forget to mention it on here. Uh, dudes, my head spins sometimes cause I'm talking so much these days. I talk seven days a week. Basically I'm talking to you guys, uh, supposedly Monday, but today, Wednesday in the last few weeks, eh, it's been in play, but, um, but every other time I'm streaming to you guys, I'm talking to you guys on the stream. Uh, so our buddy Murph Casey, I mentioned him earlier when I was talking about who comes to Twitch, our buddy KC Murphy, look at the KC's getting all fucking racked out. KC's another guy. He was like, oh, I might have indigestion. He goes in, he needs a fucking heart valve or a stent or whatever the fuck he's got. Uh, he's got a bum ticker. So they, they lay him out. He sends me a picture where, you know, where he's, uh, or I, he put it on online somewhere. It might've been on the Joker's page where he's in a fucking hospital gown and he's laying out and he has to go in and get a procedure right away. And then he goes home and he's weak. And again, the first day back, he's trying to do laundry and his girl's trying to tell him, Hey man, you can't fucking do this. She's taking care of him and trying to fucking sit him down. And, and he's too antsy, but, um, but man, I, I, he's much better now because he pops into the chat room and he tells me that he's, he's progressing. He's doing well. Um, and I'm happy for that, you know, and, and he's another guy though. He's been around from the beginning. This is a guy, he came to see me and Pardo in fucking Peoria when I did the great white jokes for fuck's sake. I mean, he was there. We, we closed down some fucking, 
it was some theater that's not there anymore. And he sent me actually a t-shirt from that theater, which was fucking amazing. Uh, and I have that hanging in my closet, the fucking Burberry. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's, it's Brewster's maybe Brewster's is the club. I, I could be wrong. Regardless, uh, Casey Murphy has been around this show from the beginning as well. He was also on Never Not Funny, a fan and a listener and a friend. And he also got hit by something, man. And he got laid up and he's much better now. But still on the Joker's page, reach out to him, man, and tell him that, uh, you know, you care and everybody cares. I care. Everybody cares. And that's that's the message, man. You care. Everybody cares. We care about the KCs, whether it's a Murphy or a Bills, whether it's an Andrea, whatever, whoever the fuck it is. Anybody out there. We cared about Armando. We cared about everybody because, again, a community. And I like to say, I always joke around. It's more of a gang than a community. We're having fun, but no man, seeing it on Twitch and having people come in and just talk to one another and seeing you guys on the Joker's page. And I'm probably not as active there as I should be. And not probably, I mean, of course I'm not, but Facebook, honestly, it kind of depresses me these days. So I got to navigate to the, the, the joke. You guys don't. The Joker's page is like my refuge. Everything else is a fucking whiff, but, uh, but yeah, man, you know, two of ours took one. Uh, they, they each took a, took a fucking beating, but they're up. They're up and around. As far as I know, the KC's, the, the, the KC twins, baby. The KC masterpieces. Oh, look at me going for the sauce. Uh, but Murph had a heart and, and KC had a gut. And, and I hope that they're both doing so much better. And I want them around for a long time. Because again, what's the point in me talking if you guys aren't listening? I have to open a microphone and have fucking ears out there waiting for me. Because otherwise, I'm just talking into goddamn space. Now look, certainly I can talk into goddamn space. I think we understand that I can go ahead and say whatever the fuck I want and talk in circles. But if I've got people out there listening, it makes it that much better. Because then I know I got a cult. It's the difference between a crazy person and a cult. If I'm just a crazy, like if Jim Jones never met anybody else, he'd drink his own Kool-Aid and would have fucking died and nobody would have fucking cared. Jim Jones needed those people to drink the Kool-Aid. I need you motherfuckers to line up at my barrel and drink the fucking Kool-Aid because otherwise there's no point. I'm just fucking shouting into a goddamn void. I need to make sure that there are ears out there. I need to make sure that there are people receiving me loud and clear. I want to be heard in fucking KC's stent. I want to hear you heard in KC's gut. I want my words back into KC Murphy's heart. Ready? You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Hey.